At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have a vagina! <laughs> this is the One Girl Revolution, Taylor Hendricks, and you are listening to The Greg DeMarco Show. Greg DeMarco Show. Been here since day one. Y'all must have forgot. You seen it all. Y'all must have forgot. We've been here since day one. You turn on the first ever ROH DVD, and you'll see my little white, pale, skinny, 18-year-old ass wrestling Amazing Red on the first DVD. Y'all must have forgot. We've been here since day one. Shit, if it weren't for the Briscoes, we'll be those damn ROH. You got the Briscoes, aka them boys. A.K.A. the pioneers of ROH, A.K.A. been here since day one, the trailblazer. That's why we got to spearhead this covenant into the new chapter. The most polarizing and opinionated wrestling analyst on the internet. It doesn't matter what you think. The wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dell. Way off base, welcome back, down to earth. That's cool. That's really cool. The Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dell. The real deal in internet wrestling radio. Presented by 411 Media at 411media.com slash wrestling. It's streaming worldwide through the Voice of Choice Nation at VOCNation.com. The Greg DeMarco Show. Come on, man. Don't call it a comeback. What is up, everybody? This is the Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco, and this is normally the Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Patrick O'Dowd. However, Patrick O'Dowd is not a little under the weather, but he has a little baby who is. And remember, that baby is less than a month old. So, in honor of uh, young, young, young Connor O'Dowd, uh, the little guy, we're going to let Patrick O'Dowd sit this one out. And in his stead, we are very pleased to welcome. Tony Pacero. I got to be right now. 
long I've been on ya. Tony and Sarah, what is up? What's going on? Oh, welcome to the Greg DeMarco Show. Early for you, as, as you are going to be sitting in for the whole time tonight. Yes, sir. I'm here to fuck shit up. That's right, and you already did. Look at that. That is beautiful. It was it was funny as uh, I, I when I introduced you, I was going to go like this. But I figured I wasn't going to do that today. So yeah, let's not do that. He actually will not be on. He will not be on the program, and it's not because of you, or so he claims. Right. It, it always works out that way. It, I do busy. have a little message for him a little later in the show, though. Oh, I bet you do. Now, for the first time in in the history of the Greg DeMarco show, uh, we, we have a little something different that we've never done before. As you all know, at any at any point during the program, whenever I feel as though it's warranted, I can just go like this. You know your damn role, and shut your damn mouth. And and while the offer's been out there for Patrick O'Dowd, he's never taken full advantage of it. But but the offer was extended to, to Tony Acero, and now Tony Acero can also. Do this. You have a vagina. Oh, there ah. it is. <laughs> I'm drunk with power. Drunk with power. So, uh, yeah, big time today. Tony Acero does have control over the sound bites, and we have a packed show today, Tony. A very packed show. I hear. Uh, of honors, Kyle O'Reilly will be joining the program in about 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, the DeMarquette and Texas bombshell Barbie Hayden will be on the show. Buggy Nova will be in later. We've also got Steve Cook. We've got Justin Freemeyer. A lot of fun going on. But in order to clear some way for those guests, uh, we are just going to jive right in and start talking about some fun stuff. But before we talk about Raw, we need to bring somebody in. I am perfection. Steve Cook. Steve Cook, what's going on, buddy? You're going to make these people sit through, uh, like, five hours of Tony Acero? Who who, they, who pissed you off, man? Hey, man, you hired Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Wes Kirk now, was on 4-on-1 before he had a call, so, you know, it's all right. And <laughs> I'm, not gonna, I'm not addressing that, by the way. I, I, I might not? Have a little, not here, no. I'm, I got other <laughs> things that we got better things to talk about because of Really? Really, we do have better things to talk about. Really? An eventful really? Raw. Really? We do. Or the Miz Fox. Really? Yeah. That's really? You did get your ass kicked, Miz. That's right. <laughs> but he came to work. He was motivated. Come on now. He he, he was – I thought he I thought he, he impressed me in what little showing he had. I mean, he was intense. It, it seems like as though whatever this D-push is now that it's out in public, it seems like it might have lit a little bit of fire under the Miz's ass. So I, I think despite the fact that he was so. – you're always impressed by Miz. Come on. <laughs> you know your damn role and shut your damn mouth. Uh, that, was done, that, that was done by me. That was not done by Tony Acero. I'm beginning to I'm beginning to understand why uh, O'Dowd did not want control of the soundboard because you're going to be pressing it all night and I'll get blamed for it. Yeah. I will not blame you. Well, I might. <laughs> if I play something inappropriate when Buggy's on, I'll probably blame you. But, oh, okay. I'll take that blame. Yeah, you can take that blame. You're my wingman. But seriously, we got stuff to talk about, guys. Yeah, let's talk yes, about. We do. Of course, the big thing on Raw was the return of The Rock, cutting a damn near 30-minute promo, uh, yeah. of which John Cena acquired two minutes of it. And uh, and and so my my just we're gonna dive right in with the big question, and we'll start with you, Tony. In, in this promo battle this week, who who was the winner? 
don't know who the winner was. I felt like the fucking loser, though. Um, well, you recap it. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, basically, you know, The Rock, the first 10 minutes of his promo was, was perfect. I think it was it was on par with what he was supposed to do. It also pointed out anybody that was disliking him at the time, everybody that was talking about him and everything that was going on negatively. I think that it encapsulated the entire feud, uh, pointed out John Cena as well as the crowd, as well as the people. And then he started getting too much into the trending now thing, which is essentially what Raw does ad nauseum throughout the entire show. You know, we don't, uh, to to an extent, we don't care what's trending. Uh, At least I don't. And it's bothersome when he's essentially saying, I have full control over you, puppet. And that's what it felt like. And then John Cena comes by, and, you know, he, he, and, you know, not so many words, pretty much, I don't know, I think he broke the rock down. And, I mean, you have to understand, I don't like John Cena. I, I don't like the character at all. But you the way he, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the way he uh, went in there and pretty much crushed whatever, whether the writing on Rock's arms was on purpose, was done, you know, in the back on, you know, just to, for this entire scene to be set up or not, it worked. Yeah, it did. It it did. I I think it was on purpose. I don't. This is this angle is too too perfectly crafted for John Cena or somebody to go way off script like that. And he he's he's the ultimate professional with the company. We know this. I don't see him going off off like that. I think it's all very calculated, in my opinion. What do you think, Steve? What do I think? Well, I think my thoughts are a little bit different than thoughts of many of you folks out there because. I saw a lot of people being all like, ooh, John Cena, yay, John Cena. He told The Rock what for because The Rock left us behind. Dwayne Johnson's not a good guy. He's a douchebag, blah, 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 blah. Uh, me sound like a, a damn whiny bitch. You know, that's what I'm saying. You got to probably bleep that, and that's all right, because it's just John Cena whining and complaining about how Rock's not a good guy. Rock wants to do die or whatever, but it just it doesn't do anything for me. Now... I'm not a huge fan of everything trending worldwide. I do like the Twitter machine. It's fun times. I'm almost up to 50 followers, so I'll probably drop by down nice. once the, some bots drop off. But So it's fun times, <laughs> but I don't really care about if a Kung Pao bitch is trending or if, uh, you know, um, whatever phrase Rock wants are out there. But it's not like this is a new thing for The Rock. Rock's always throwing these weird-ass phrases out there that don't make any sense, like the time he called Jonathan Coachman a popcorn fart, which also got over. See, I didn't, of course it I, I didn't see Rock being like, uh, Tony seems to think that the Rock's like talking down to people, acting like he could, he's like, see, I can treat you like puppets. That's not really the impression I got. At least I didn't think Rock was trying to be mean about it. I thought Rock was just kind of showing that, uh, you know, and then the people went along with him because Rock is like the Pied Piper. And as much as people on the internet and people in the locker room don't want to recognize that, I mean... There is a bad rating this week. We might get to that a little bit later. But guess what? Rock's still the guy. If the WrestleMania draws a big buy rate, it's going to be because of the Rock. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you're you're 100 right. It's if 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 it is a big draw and if it does well, it's not because of Triple H and Undertaker. It's not because of Punk and Jericho. It's not because of Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. It's because of the Rock versus John Cena. And I think a lot of people have a hard right. time with that. But uh, you know, it, it was funny because you had the Rock who took up damn near 30 minutes, and and you could sum up John Cena's whole promo in like uh, kind of like him going, um, excuse me, uh, Rock, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass. Okay, bye. Like that was all he did. 
and and some people think he owned the rock in that little bit little bit of time and what are your thoughts on the theory out there that that Cena owned the rock last night? Well, I think that's a wee bit overblown. I mean, Cena did well in his little his little spot there. I'm sure people that already are inclined to dislike The Rock because he went to Hollywood and made something of himself and became a big star. Sure, they'll side with John Cena. They'll be a, they think that John Cena is staying up for professional wrestling, which is ironic because let's face it, uh, uh, 11 months a year, people these type of people they're crapping on John Cena. Am I right? Don't these rest, diehard wrestling fans usually not like John Cena? And now they're all jumping on the John Cena bandwagon? Tony, am I right on that? I mean, that just kind of seems like what's happening to me. Everybody I seems can, to be I, flip-flopping here. Yeah, I can definitely see it. Um, I, I know for, for a fact that that bandwagon can sit there and wait for me for as long as it wants, but I'm not hopping on. Um, all I'm going to do is give him props for what he what he did last night. I, I agree completely. Like, you know, we're so wishy-washy as fans that we're jumping on anything that's hot. And I say we because we're a collective unit. But by and large, I think that last night, John Cena got one up on Rock near the end. Congratulations. But there's a whole lot of show left to go, and there's a whole lot more that he's just messed up on. Um, the, the, we're supposed to believe that this character has been around. I think the John Cena of last night, I think, is about two weeks old. The, the, everything before that doesn't just disappear even though we're supposed to believe that it does, it just doesn't work that way. And I, I can definitely agree with you on all of it. Yeah, see, this is the guy yeah, I'm saying. I'm the voice of the jumping. The voice of the voiceless. That's right. The voice of the voiceless, Steve Cook. So it almost seems like they're mixing his, his character that he had with the original, you know, with the original Justina character, but I don't know. It, it seems to kind of get in, if they had adjusting to the fan reaction. Who knows? I almost feel like The Rock is more of a heel in the whole situation than Cena is. What do you think about that? Listen, Rock has never, Rock's character has never really been a particularly nice guy, except for back when he's Rocky Maivia and shaking hands and kissing babies and all that. The Rock has always been kind of a uh, self-centered, egotistical, egomaniacal douchebag, you could say. Even when he was the fans' favorite wrestler, even when he was the people's champion, Rock was always about himself. Rock didn't care about anybody else except for The Rock. So it's not particularly surprising that uh, Rock would come back and be the same way. Meanwhile, John Cena is the guy that's always, even if the, even if the fans hate him, even if everybody else in the world hates him, he tries to do whatever he can to make people like him. So you got one guy that will do whatever he can to make people like him, and another guy who doesn't care whether people like him or not. I mean, so yeah, of course, Rock might seem more like a heel. Yeah, and before you jump in, Tony, uh, I'm I'm gonna run away here in a second and get our guest. Why don't you guys you can you finish up talking about this and talk about if the even better to, to when the match actually goes on. And also, feel free to, to tear into the tag team title match that we saw on Raw last night with the three teams working their asses up, only to come out and watch all six guys get destroyed by game after they put on a good match. So feel free to dive into those. I'm going to play real quick for minutes and, and grab our guests. So have it, and I'll be right back. So does it sound like he's underwater? It sounds like something bad's going on there, and I hope you get that fixed before he brings on the guest, Kyle O'Reilly. But, yeah, uh, so do I. Did you have anything left to say about Cena, Cena and Rock? Uh, not much. I mean, it is it is what it is, right, Chris? 
<laughs> exactly. That's what I always say. <laughs> I do, I think we should address this whole deal uh, with the triple threat tag team title match you had last night. Epco and Primo, tag team champions with the lovely Rosa Mendez looking pretty good last night, Tony. Now you agree with that. They took on Dolph Ziggler, Vicky Guerrero. Well, Vicky was there. She went in the match. She could have been, though. Jack Swagger. I uh, see Kofi Kingston, R-Truth. Pretty damn good triple threat tag team match there. Epco and Primo again, a nice win. So it looked pretty fun. Tag team division looking good. Lots of guys are like R-Truth was a main eventer last year. Dolph Ziggler was just challenging for WWE title last month. Jack Swagger is United States champion. Lots of big stuff going on there. Big win for the tag team champions. Oh, but then what happens? Kane has to come out, and he has to remind us all that, hey, guys, guess what? This tag team stuff doesn't matter. No, this shit doesn't matter, folks. So Kane comes out, beats the crap out of everybody, and makes them look like a bunch of goddamn goobers. Oh, yeah, it, it was horrible. You know, when I when I opened the live report to uh, start it, before the show even started, I wrote, you know, and where is Kane as a question, but I was just being facetious. I had... I had no idea he was going to come out and, you know, destroy, like, my favorite part of the night up until that point. Like, the the, the triple threat tag team match came as a, a surprise. It was a welcome surprise. They they put on a great match. Um, even R-Truth, you know, pulled his weight and then some. And I was very happy with the win because, you know, if anything, these two need to be built up. I really thought they were going to give it away. And then, yeah, Kane just comes in and demolishes them for no apparent reason. I want to know why we're building up Kane when, A, he's already built up, and, B, I don't see him going anywhere. He has no visible direction right now. I mean, are they going to continue the Zack Ryder stuff nobody cares about? He just had a god-awful feud of John Cena that nobody really cared about. I mean, Kane has just been pretty much useless lately. And it's not like they had Kane come out there to beat a bunch of guys that don't matter. Like I said, Dolph Ziggler just last month was challenging for WWE title against CM Punk. That guy's been built up for a while. Supposed to be coming a big deal. Jack Swagger, United States champion. That should theoretically mean something. I mean, Archer, he's been pushed pretty well as a heel last year. He's had a big face run recently, feuding with Miz and whatnot. Kofi Kingston's always tremendously popular, too. I mean, he doesn't get a whole lot of storyline time, but he's always very popular with the fans. And Nepco and Primo, you're kind of trying to build him up, but... The, and then Kane just comes out and makes all these guys look like a bunch of jobbers. And then WWE, they, they wonder why their mid-card has no star power. I mean, you don't think it has anything to do with uh, all these guys getting fed to people like Kane for no reason? I, it has everything to do with it. I, I don't understand how they can they find these, these, these superstars that they've created years ago and they don't get that they have such a lasting impression that they can lose. That they're they're uh, they're able to look vulnerable. If you don't make them vulnerable, then there's nothing to latch onto. Um, likewise with the with the mid carters, you know, we we've grown attached to some of these characters, specifically our truth and Dolph Ziggler. Um, yeah. I, I love Dolph, you know, but these guys are getting you know they're getting treated like you know jobbers with nicer hair. It, it just it's not it's not going to work when Kane says next year or in two months or in a week I want to retire. We can only hope, hope for God's sakes. I mean, nothing personal against Kane. I'm sure he's a decent guy, nice libertarian and all that, very very active politically and all that, good for him. But Jesus Christ, ever since he's come back, the feud of John Cena just painful to watch. 
yeah. pretty much single-handedly killed Zack Ryder's momentum. Um, it just hasn't been good, and now he's coming back, and what does it mean they came out and destroyed all these guys? Is this statue going to lead anything, or is this just, just, or is this just like, hey, look, Kane's back, and we're going to have to put him in some match in WrestleMania that nobody will care about? Yeah, um, I really, I mean, I, I don't see where it could lead. It seems like it's, it's an assumption that Zack Ryder will get involved, but really, even if he does, what, what are we, what are we to expect from that? I mean, doesn't really want to be seen. They, they've destroyed any momentum Zack Ryder has had, and you're to assume that Kane is a, a monster that, first of all, just manhandled him like like it was nobody's business. Do you remember that match? It was almost hard to watch, not because yeah. it was so destructive. It was just. I mentioned it to like it's like one of those uh, you know there's I hear they have these like custom women's matches where like people get squashed and stuff. It remind me of one of those where like one person gets like no offense, just them getting beat up for like ten minutes. It was yeah, pretty it was, ridiculous. It's like uh, Brock Lesnar versus Zach Gowan without all the blood and an extra leg. Oh, Gowan put up more of a fight than Ryder did. <laughs> With one leg. <laughs> yeah. Greg DeMarco, is your thing fixed? Or are you okay? I think so. I think so. Can you can you can you uh, hear me? Okay. You're all good. right. You sound better for now. Beautiful. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Give a blast. We had a few technical difficulties on the other side, uh, but we were able to connect with our guest Kyle O'Reilly. So we had to had to had to make that work for some reason. We couldn't call him; he had to call us. So Kyle O'Reilly. Hey, you know it's Blog Talk Radio. What can you do? But we got it to work. And he's going to be with us. So uh, did I did I interrupt your point? Did you have any anything else to to drive home? We're I think we're about at the end. We've gotten all, everything off our chest about Kane being a goober and you know making everybody look like crap. So I think we've pretty much done that. I think we're good. Excellent. We're good. Before we let you go, man, talk you know, plug plug the stuff. Get your shit in. Okay, um let's see, News from Cook's Corner was up on Tuesday. It's got all the wrestling news. It's got me whining and bitching about some of these topics. That's pretty cool. Uh all sorts of crazy wrestling news going on, so that's good. Fact or fiction coming up on Thursday, waiting for stuff on that. Right now I'm working on some uh stuff for a upcoming project. I'm not even, I'm not even sure if I can plug that, but no oh well, I'm working on that. I've just got a lot of stuff to do, Matt. Friday night, the 411, the 411, first day of my new tongue on Wrestling Show, will be back, I believe, hopefully. I'll talk to Larry about that. We'll see. I'll plug it anyway. Hopefully it'll be there. And, yeah, 411mania.com, all sorts of stuff going on there. And uh, you can check me out on Twitter, OTT underscore FF, become my 50th follower. So, damn. <laughs> there you go. That'd be some good times. All right. Well, we appreciate Bye. it. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. All right. Peace out, everybody. All right. Take it easy. See you later, Cook. Larry Zonka, wrestling editor at 411media.com, comes to you twice a week with the 411 on Wrestling podcast. Mondays, 11 p.m. Eastern, right after Raw, with Andy Critchell. Fridays, 10 p.m. Eastern, right after SmackDown, with Steve Cook. It's the 411 on Wrestling Podcast, presented by 411media.com. Greg DeMarco Show. And we are back live on the Greg DeMarco Show with Greg DeMarco and Tony Acero sitting in for the missing Patrick O'Dowd. Tony, great job so far. Oh, thank you. 
We always appreciate you sitting in. And right now we're going to welcome our first guest of this week's show. Uh, always grateful for Ring of Honor providing us, us with guests for the program. Of course, this weekend, Ring of Honor on Sunday presents 10th anniversary show, which you can see live on Internet Pay-Per-View at GFL.TV. So go to GFL.TV or ROHWrestling.com to find out some more information. But we're very pleased to welcome one of the four men participating in the main event on that program, and that is Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, anytime, anytime. We do appreciate your time coming in. A lot of good stuff to talk about with Ring of Honor. Uh, you've obviously made a lot of waves since joining the promotion, but kind of bring everybody up to speed and just tell us a little bit about Kyle O'Reilly before Ring of Honor. Um, you know, before Ring of Honor, it was all about just getting as much experience and exposure as I could possibly get. But, um, you know, I only really wrestled for one major promotion in British Columbia, and so it was really hard to, to get any sort of exposure there. It was kind of like the black hole of wrestling. So I kind of just had, if I really wanted to pursue this, I just I had to take that plunge, um, got in my car, drove to St. Louis, Missouri, and just, you know, went to every single Ring of Honor show I could possibly get on, worked the dark match, drove, you know, 20 hours, here 20 hours there by myself just keep trying to get my foot in the door and keep trying to get noticed and eventually it paid off so i've yeah yeah that <clears throat> hi i'm I'm tony <laughs> how's it going pretty good you know i i was doing some research uh just before we had you on and uh one of the promos that really struck me as pretty awesome was the most recent one with davy richards um and what kind of impact did he have on your career uh, Davey, I honestly owe everything to Davey. He's really, you know, inspired me since day one and has really pushed me to keep pursuing my dream and reaching my goals. And, like, you know, the way we train every single day, day in, day out, it, it's made me the athlete that I am today. So I, I don't think I'd, there would be a Kyle O'Reilly that people would actually know about if it wasn't for Davey Richards. So he's made a, a, just a tremendous impact on my career. And, and obviously when you came in, you first came in in, in sort of a really transitional period for the company and, and ended up in a tag team with Adam Cole. And, and sort of seemed like a makeshift team at first, but really grew into a legitimate pairing. You all won uh, an opportunity to get a title shot and really started to impress people in a lot of matches. And uh, what really led to that pairing becoming a long-term, uh, kind of a long-term team for a while there? Well, I think, you know, we both kind of came into Ring of Honor at around the same time. We are both signed at around the same time. And so, like, how are we going to get these two guys sort of over to the fans without shoving them down people's throats? So they kind of just threw us together as a tag team to sort of see what would come about. But we ended up meshing really well together and clicking and becoming really close friends. And just we kept getting awesome opportunities against some of the best tag teams, like, in the world. I, I consider Ring of Honor to have the best tag division in the world by far. So it was just a great... Uh, ground and atmosphere for us to just learn from, and we just developed really well together and ended up being just awesome. I'm very thankful for that. And it, it really seemed like you guys were really starting to pick up momentum and become known as a tag team, not as two individuals. And then, you know, for storyline reasons, you guys were split up. Do you think the team was split up too soon or maybe split up before you had the, the ability to really meet your potential as a partnership? Um, it's really hard to say. Um, you know, maybe things aren't completely done between us. I, I think we still probably have unfinished business as a tag team, and but also as singles wrestlers, you know, like we work great together as a tag team, but, you know, I think we're going to really shock the world with how 
great we work together as opponents as well. So it's it's there's a lot of room to grow in either direction, I think. When you right. guys were, were speak, speaking of which, you, you've got you've got Adam Cole coming this weekend, right? With Eddie Edwards against you and Davey Richards. Uh, what does this particular show mean to you, considering it's the tenth anniversary? Man, this show seriously means the absolute world to me. It's I've been a fan of Ring of Honor since day one, and watching ROH is really what inspired me to, you know, everyone gets into wrestling because, you know, they want to be in WrestleMania and be in WWE and things like that. Of course, it, it was no different for me, but Ring of Honor really would make me sort of proud to be a pro wrestler and an athlete. It really brought out the, the athleticism of prof- professional wrestling. So the fact that I get to main event the 10th anniversary show, it's just a, such a huge deal, and it's a total milestone for the company. Like, with all the legends that entered that ring, all the future legends that entered that ring, it's just its an absolute honor, pun intended, to just be given this opportunity. So I'm, I'm really thankful. And, and you talk about how much of an honor it is to be in that match, and, and I'm sure, I, I don't know if you're someone that reads what people write and say about you and the company or if you just ignore it all, but there have been plenty of people out there who have said that this match is not worthy of a 10th anniversary show, that, that it should be a title match, or they should have brought somebody in, or, or whatever they're claiming. Uh, as, as one of the guys in that match and one of the, the, the sort of young wolves rising as, as the match has been, been proclaimed, how do you respond to those claims that this match isn't worthy of the main event of the 10th anniversary show? Well, you know, it's a tough question because maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I know the four of us are going to do our absolute damnedest to pay tribute to Ring of Honor in the 10 years that it has been running and for the 10 years that it's been giving the fans the best wrestling on the planet. And this Sunday is going to be no different. We're going to be busting our asses, and it's going to be an absolute war. So I think uh, a lot of people will be pleasantly surprised. Do you feel like when when you hear those claims, do you feel like you have something to prove? In that, or does that motivate you? Um, yeah, no, you know, I kind of try to avoid just the negativity of names of, you know, you're good at this, you're bad at this, you know, you do this right, you do this wrong. It's just I, I'm just trying to get better in all avenues, and you know, if it if it's a chance for improving myself as a pro wrestler, then I just got to ride the wave and you know, give it my best shot and try and have the best possible match I can possibly have and just be the best wrestler I can possibly be. Yeah. Let's assume that you ride that wave all the way to the top. You earn yourself a title shot. And considering how close you are with Davey Richards, how would you feel about taking the belt? You know, um, me and Davey, we literally fight each other every single day, whether it's sparring in jiu-jitsu or kickboxing. We, we train together. We're, you know, I've never really had an older brother in my life, but he's definitely that figure. Um, if we were to fight for the world title, it, I'm sure it would be, you know, a hell of a boat. Hank, get the hell off. My fucking dog's biting me and shit. Sorry, guys. Um, no worries. No worries. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it would – I love uh, – I'd love the opportunity to wrestle him and, you know, more spotlight. So, yeah, I think it would be good. Excellent. So you you talked about the training that you do. Uh, kind of let everybody in and know a little bit about the different disciplines that you all train in. Obviously, not just professional wrestling. Talk to us a little bit about all the different things you focus on and how you bring those to the ring. Um, we train about six times a week in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, about four times a week in Muay Thai kickboxing, and we do you know weight training as well, circuit training, um, plyometrics, just trying to 
continuously shock our systems and mix things up. Like I, I kind of feel that martial artists are the best athletes in the world. You know, they train harder than anybody else. So why not go that route and try and get an edge on anybody else who's in professional wrestling as well? And just kind of try to add as much legitimacy to, you know, what I can bring to the table as well. Because there's so many different styles and talented guys in the Ring of Honor locker room. It's just everyone is so unique that I'm just trying to kind of stay ahead of the game without completely reinventing the wheel and just kind of bring something new to the table. Yeah. You know, I don't think... So so looking at yourself and, and... Oh no, no problem. Looking at yourself, do you you came in, you know, several years after uh, after Davy Richards did, and, and he kind of came in and, and was you know pegged early on as the future of the company, and eventually became the world champion. Do you view yourself in the same way as now the the the, the new person who can kind of look, be looked at as the future of Ring of Honor? Uh, you know, Ring of Honor is somewhere where I definitely want to be. I'm very proud of what Ring of Honor represents. I'm very proud of the product. So if I get the chance to stay here for a few more years and continue to develop and grow with the company and, you know, at the end of the ride, maybe be on top, then that'd be great. But I just want to, you know, keep getting these chances and keep getting good opportunities and try to keep having good matches. You know, um, I wanted to change it up a little bit. My my stepdad was recently diagnosed with uh, type 1 diabetes, and I found that... uh, that little tidbit of information about you. So I was curious, like, in, in your career, in your lifestyle, you know, how do you handle that as far as travel, training, you know, your diet? I mean, how is it hard to manage that? It's definitely an obstacle, man, like, especially on the road and stuff. It's kind of hard to, to stay on top of. But I've been a diabetic since I was a kid, so it's it's something that I've just lived with, you know. Like, I have to inject insulin five times a day. It's just... A, just a normal part of life now really but yeah on the road and like like sometimes i get so stressed out before a match i'm just like oh i just don't want to eat or i gotta eat this and that and then like my blood sugars are all messed up but more often than not i'm really on top of the game with it but sorry to hear about your um your stepdad you said yeah that's his fault (laughs) (laughs) was it was it type 2 diabetes or type 1 you know i'm not 100 percent sure I just know that uh, type two you know, is the kind that like people, you know, they eat shitty food and they get really overweight and they get type two diabetes and they just take a pill. But type one is more called like juvenile diabetes and a lot of kids develop it and your pancreas basically just gives up and you have to take insulin from an outside source. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's type two. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <laughs> and did you ever have any apprehension when when you first started getting into wrestling uh, because of your because of your condition with type one diabetes? No, I've been an athlete my entire life. I, you know, my parents really um, uh, encouraged athleticism in my family. So, you know, I played hockey, football, rugby, lacrosse my entire childhood. So it's it's something. It's just another avenue and another sport. Gotcha. Good, good to know. Definitely, definitely good to know. And I'm sure, you know, we got a lot of listeners out there, especially on our weekend stream, and, and you never know what they're dealing with. So I'm sure it'll actually be a source of motivation for some people. So we definitely appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, this weekend, uh, as we talked about, Ring of Honor does present the 10th anniversary show. Um, you know, biggest milestone in the history of the company so far, and it'll just keep getting more. Uh, on internet pay per view can be found at gfl.tv and rohwrestling.com. 
Uh, for some crazy reason, at this point in our righteous history, we have a listener who's out there who's st- sitting on the fence uh, and, and isn't sure if they want to order this show or not on Sunday uh, for only nine ninety nine. By the way, uh, wh- wh- why why would you tell them uh, they should go out there and get this show? You know, because it represents ten years of a company that has just given so much to the wrestling industry. It's really reinvented itself time and time again, and it. Does anyone ever really get disappointed when they order a Ring of Honor IP review? Like, it always delivers, and every single person on this card is going to be busting their absolute ass just to to provide the best possible show they can. There's going to be some amazing matches, so I say you you got to buy it. If you if you're not into the main event, whatever, but buy it for the other matches and see how hard we work for you guys. Excellent. Excellent. Well, we definitely want everybody to check that out, ROHWrestling.com and GFL.TV. Uh, they can definitely find all the information they need. And we're going to be running down the card later on in this this program. But, of course, the main event does feature the Ring of Honor World Champion, Davey Richards, teaming up with Kyle O'Reilly taking on uh, Eddie Edwards and, and Adam Cole. And, of course, you know the story behind that, two, two former teams that are now on opposing sides. Uh, tell us a little bit, so people, you know, if they want to follow you indirectly or individually, where can they find you, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, the best way to find you on the internet what's the best way people can find out some more about kyle o'reilly um i have a twitter at roh o'reilly um i'm also there's a facebook fan page as well so those are probably the best ways if you want to get a hold of me okay excellent well look, we wish you the best of luck this coming weekend Thanks, on, we do have it to the tv taping uh on on saturday yeah. as well in Baltimore, Maryland, so we don't want to overshadow that, too, because the TV show uh, has definitely been, been a, a big change uh, and a lot of big good stuff there. So good stuff. Good luck to you. Hope this Internet pay-per-view does very well. And, of course, uh, best of luck as you lead into WrestleMania weekend as well. A huge month of March for you coming up here. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Anytime. We appreciate it. You represented the company well, and I really do hope some more people go out there and order the pay-per-view and see what you guys can deliver in the main event. Are you guys going to be watching? I will. I can tell you that. Oh, good. All right. Hope you enjoy it. All right. Thank you very much. Have a good one. You too, guys. Thanks. Bye. This is the One Girl Revolution, Taylor Hendricks, and you are listening to The Greg DeMarco Show. There we go. I think Tony muted me for a moment there. I'm gonna yeah, you know, you were just upsetting me. No, I'm just <laughs> All of a sudden, I heard nothing, and I'm like, I didn't put myself in the in the secret room. So that's quite all right. Tony. Don't do it like that, baby. I think I just called you baby on the air. I think, I think you did. You know, yeah. that just means... Oh, you know what's really funny about that? I, I was clicking a button at the exact same time as you. It was a different sound bite. We had we had competing sound bites, and I think your sound bite won out. Your sound bite is the one that can say. And I'm awesome. Nice. Nice. <laughs> 
Good stuff there from Kyle O'Reilly, though. Definitely a dedicated athlete, uh, especially knowing that that he's you know been, been uh, you know having to give himself insulin shots five times a day since he was a child. Uh, that's pretty impressive, and, and what he's able to, to to come to. And it is tough. There is a lot of criticism out there right now. Those guys being in the main event of the 10th anniversary show of of Ring of Honor's history, and, and you've got a tag team match, including your world champion, not a title match. You got some younger guys who haven't really done, had a whole lot of main event exposure. But uh, you know, in the ring they're going to deliver, and they're going to deliver a pretty, pretty huge match. And you never know what to come. Maybe, maybe there's something big planned to to elevate those guys even further at that event. So, so good stuff out there from from Kyle O'Reilly. Definitely good stuff. So, right, and they're not in the main event for no reason. <laughs> oh yeah, you know that they're uh, they're going to be able to to definitely deliver deliver in that match. So. Excellent. Excellent. So what we're going to do right now, we're a little bit different than what we normally do uh, because we, we shifted some things around. We're going to take a short break now in the program, uh, play a little bit of a, of a musical interlude, and I'm, and I'm going to go out there and get Barbie Hayden, bring her back on, and then uh, and then we might even have another short break after that. We'll see how things go. So so just a little bit. We've got to fit, fit a couple extra guests on the show this week. So uh, we'll take a quick break, Tony, so feel free to uh, enjoy about a four-minute break, and then we'll bring you right back. All right. Excellent. We'll be right back. This is the One Girl Revolution, Taylor Hendricks, and you are listening to The Greg DeMarco Show.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Show with Greg DeMarco, Tony Acero, and nobody else. Yeah. So we, we tried, and we were not able to connect. And uh, a text message has been sent, and so we will work on bringing Barbie Hayden onto the program. But that is quite all right. We're able to to move forward from there. So, 
Good stuff from Tony, uh, from Kyle O'Reilly. And then uh, now we've got to move back. And we still got more stuff we can talk about with last night's edition of Monday Night Raw. We talked all about John Cena and The Rock. And then I know you guys talked, obviously, about the six-man tag team match. Excuse me, the, the three-way tag team match that took place on the program as well. What I want to talk a little bit more about Tony right now is, of course, the, the show opening promo that we had between CM Punk and Chris Jericho. And talk to me a little bit about kind of what you felt and, and what it accomplished and if you felt like it, it accomplished what they were hoping to accomplish. Um, well, you know, a lot of people are comparing it to the, the Cena and Rock uh, feud and how Punk basically said the same thing to Jericho, um, that he left for Hollywood or he left for, you know, greener pastures, if you will, while he stays here and he wrestles. Um, I, I can see the similarities. I get it, but I think the difference is that there's a there's a line drawn between heel and face. There's a line drawn between who you're supposed to cheer for and who you're supposed to jeer for, and uh, that's you know due in large to the players, Punk and Jericho. They're both doing a great job in their roles, so their promo came off just a little bit stronger, um, just because well, first of all because it's Punk, but secondly because it it just felt it felt. You know, when a heel is saying something, it's supposed to be legitimate. It's supposed to be a, a gripe that they believe in. And Jericho just does that so well. And, you know, Punk, similar. He feels he is the best in the world. So regardless of all the talk, that's what the feud goes back down to, who is the best in the world in each other's minds. So it, it I think it built it up great. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. It, it's it, you know they are trying to focus it on wrestling, and they're trying to focus it on the in-ring competition, which is is different than what people have done in the past, at least recently. Um, it is kind of strange. It seems like the only way we can build a feud right now is by two guys talking for a long time, uh, which which is a little little bit unnerving, I guess, because there's so many big matches at this year's WrestleMania, and and I'm just waiting for the big long promo between Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. Because it's sort of the only one that we have left to to promote like that. And do you think they're overusing that, or maybe lacking just a little bit of creativity there? Uh, something is missing. You know, I, I was thinking about it on Monday night. You know, we're we're relatively close to Mania, and something is definitely missing. Uh, I don't know if it's myself being a bit jaded as a fan now, or if it's their fault for just missing something. But it's not there. As for Sheamus and Brian getting their promo time, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. They, that seems to be the, you know, at the bottom of the totem pole in terms of main events. I mean, you have to consider where they were last year. Yeah, they were not on the show. They were supposed to be on the show, but they ended up not on the show. And then, of course, we all know what happened with the Battle Royal and, and everything else. So definitely, definitely an interesting dynamic. Um, I mean, when, when, where do you think that match is even going to take place on the show? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it opened it. Uh, right. Which, I mean, it, it's not the worst spot. At least they're getting a match, and at least they're one up from last year. But at the same time, it, it just it seems like the lowest denominator in comparison to the other ones. Yeah, and early does. Yeah. As well. yeah, hopefully they'll do a little more to build it. I mean, you had the Sheamus kind of attack on Daniel Bryan there, and he did the same thing at Elimination Chamber, and and, and it hasn't. Be, Daniel Bryan's really been so involved with CM Punk and. and John Laurinaitis and Teddy Long, it, it's almost been this, like you said, it's kind of an afterthought right now. And they still have plenty of time left, and they still got several weeks left. But I uh, definitely need to move and get that thing a, a bigger focus. Right now, it seems like Sheamus is more preoccupied with, with squashing Mark Henry show after show. And he's doing a damn good job at that. 
Yeah, poor Mark Henry. I don't know. I don't know what he who, who he pissed off, and and if you know, him being hurt really did piss some people off. But he's become the designated jobber for for Sheamus as, as they put him over on the way to way to WrestleMania. Yeah, they found out Crystal liked them and changed their mind. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. I almost thought he might turn Mark Henry face on the way to WrestleMania because he was starting to get some good reaction out of people. Even there's plenty more you could do with the Hall of Pain. You know, they love to love to turn people in and jump on that bandwagon. As you've seen in the past. So. Oh, definitely. The man is fire in the ring. When just from his voice, what he says and how he talks, he just—he's pure madness, and it's amazing. Yeah, it makes you wonder where that's been. You know, all those years that he was—he was on TV, and it just—I don't know what brought it out of him. Maybe if it was just the opportunity that brought it out of him, I—I I have no idea. Or maybe it was the fact he realized he was nearing the end of his career and wanted to do something. Uh, who knows? But but you know, and no one's going to ask him why'd you suck till now. But. Uh, <laughs> You could, but you might get your own induction into the Hall of Fame if you do something like that. So I have no idea why Mark Henry stepped up in the way that he did in 2011, but I'm glad he did because it definitely turned out to be a great year for him. And, and do you think we'll see Mark Henry at WrestleMania, and, and what role do you think we'll see him in on the big card? I think we'll see him. I just don't think it's going to be a huge role. Um, he may get a, a one-off match with somebody, or he'll be part of one big extravaganza, maybe to open the show a Battle Royal for no reason, and he'll win it. You know, if Santino doesn't pull out the Cobra or something. Yeah, you know, he could be involved in that. There's this issue going on right now between Teddy Long and John Laurinaitis, which is supposedly going to lead to uh, some form of a multi-man match at at WrestleMania. And it's interesting because if we didn't know, if we didn't get get the insider quote-unquote reports that this was going to happen, I'm not 100% sure we'd really guess that's the direction they were going in. I think it, you, general managers can hate each other just because they're on opposing brands. You don't really need to have it lead to anything, but it seems like they are going to do something with it. So uh, do you think it's just an excuse to get people on the card? Do you think they can turn something turn into something good? I think they could turn it into something good. I think right now it's crap. Um, you know, this, this – I, I'm hoping that they'll they'll kind of fix the issue that I've had for years is why Stephanie McMahon gets Eric Bischoff. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe they'll tie that up this year. But moreover, they, the feud that's going on right now and the players that are in it are really pissing me off. Nobody wants to see David Otunga. Nobody wants to see Big Zeke. I'm sorry, but it, nobody wants to see them. They, it's crappy. It's clunky. It's a horrible match, and it's just bad. And what what upset me most about Raw <clears throat> wasn't so much that they put on another Punk versus Brian match. You know, I, I'm 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 okay with that, even though it's it's a great match that shouldn't be put on. But if you're gonna put it on, give me something worth watching it. And not only that, but if you've got both champions of your company in a match, do not focus on the announce table in which we can hear completely more so than the men in the match. I, I don't know who decided that. But it, it really pissed me off. Yeah, I agree. It, and maybe it was because it was the third straight time we've seen that match, and they figured they could do that. But you're right. Like it, it was kind of strange to have them um, that that focus not be on your top two champions that are wrestling. And, and honestly, they, you know, it seems like these guys aren't capable of having a bad match with each other. And and yet there we are not focusing on the match. And it's the WWE, and they focus on storytelling, and that's that's what they do. So maybe that's part of the problem. I'm not 100% sure. But I agree with you 100%. It did seem like the focus was off uh, in that, and that they're using these world champions to, to push a, a, a feud between, you know, figureheads. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we had the other, the other big, big, 
budding feud that came out of this, and that's, of course, Cody Rhodes and the Big Show, which has really been surprising because we had all this talk about uh, Cody Rhodes and, and possibly Goldust and all this talk about the Big Show and possibly Shaquille O'Neal, and, and now it seems like neither of those are, are going to happen, and we're actually going to go uh, with, with a match that I don't think anyone really saw coming in Cody Rhodes versus the Big Show. What do you think about the potential for that match and, and what it does for both guys, especially a guy like Cody? I think this is much preferred. Um, I think the whole Goldust versus Cody thing was a Goldust type dream. Um, if you follow the man on Twitter, he's not exactly the most personable person, which is odd. I mean, you know, he's Goldust. You'd think he'd be somewhat approachable. Nonetheless, he, he's pretty pretty rude. But uh, So I, I think a lot of it was just him trying to put it out there to the public, seeing if anyone would bite and hoping that it would happen. But I think Cody is way beyond the character of Goldust, and I'm glad that he's fighting someone like the Big Show as opposed to Goldust. Likewise, as much as Shaq would be funny, I don't think uh, I don't think that Big Show and Shaq is going to work out. I just don't see it being entertaining, although I see the draw. I get it. As far as Cody versus Big Show, I, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I think it's great. And uh, as Blue Jay grad told us, I wanted to mention that um, I guess today is officially the 200th day that Cody has held the IC title, uh, which is the third longest time in the last 10 years. Uh, so yay to him, even though he hasn't defended it in quite some time. Yeah, he really hasn't seen a title defense, but it's funny. I think the WWE sees him as the Intercontinental Champion, and they're just happy with that. And I think he looks like a champion. He acts like a champion, and he holds that belt up. But I would like to see some more title defenses come out, and really, because cause when Cody does eventually lose the title, I want it to be meaningful, because I think he has an opportunity to really elevate the Intercontinental Championship. And it's, it, and, and it's almost sad that we have to talk about elevating the Intercontinental Championship. But uh, do you think that, that Cody really could make that belt kind of the, the, the level of importance that it used to have? I think he could. I, I think he's got the – you know, I, I talked about him recently in um, my new column, which you guys should check out, The Triumvirate of Truth. Uh, and Cody has been a person who is one of those wrestlers that took what was given to him and created something new, created something just – unique and it wasn't like one character ended and another one began it was a slow seamless flow into a new character from the beginning of his you know his tips to be you know looking better his dashing tips that steve cook loved to uh having to wear the mask to removing the mask and becoming who he is now um you know this self-obsessed crazed lunatic who's just mad i think his character transgression and progression is is huge, and I think he could he could take the belt anywhere. He just needs to be given that opportunity. Yeah, and I do hope the belt gets involved in the feud with the Big Show. Uh, I hope it's not, you know, I hope it does become about the Intercontinental title. And it may not be about the Intercontinental title because Cody is really sort of the one pushing the issue right now, but I would love to see that at least become part of what's on the line. Yeah, I, I'm hoping they throw that in there. And I'm hoping they don't just use it as a tool, or don't, I'm sorry, don't use, use it as a prop, but use it as a tool. Uh, you know, maybe Big Show can mention it real quick. Maybe, you know, Codes could get so mad that he puts it up there, um, saying he's going to have one more embarrassing moment for Show. I don't know. I just hope that they bring it in there, and I hope that it's given the proper due. 
Yeah, no, I I agree with you 100%, and, and I'd love to see uh, Cody Rhodes walk out of, of WrestleMania with the victory uh, and, and, and walk out with that Intercontinental title held high. And it'd actually be, uh, you know, he, he had a hell of a match last year, I thought, and, and did a great job with Rey Mysterio. And, and really, you know, Cody's been on that cusp for a while, and, and I think that uh, a big WrestleMania win could really propel him uh, through the rest of 2012. And maybe he'll end 2012 as, as the guy that we're talking about, ready to, to move up to the main event level and, and be a world champion. Yeah, WrestleMania 20, Don Cena beat the Big Show, holding the U.S., you know, beating him for the U.S. title. If Cody Rhodes could do the same thing, then, I mean, look where Cena's at now. Exactly, and then, you know, good point by you, despite your despite your love-hate relationship with John Cena. Definitely, uh, definitely a good point for you. I've got a, a, a random aside for you, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit based on a, a text message I just received. As you know, and having been a part of the show for a while and listened to the show for a while, uh, Patrick O'Dowd used to be put in a position to have to filibuster from time right. to time. And and I want and this is you know Tony can tell you like the show's very organized and planned out and everything but this is not on the not on the format at all. Um, how would you feel about filibustering for a moment versus me just playing another song even though we just played a song a couple minutes ago? Uh, as I go get somebody to bring on the program before somebody's phone dies according to your text message that I just received. <laughs> yeah, I don't mind at all. So uh, so are you going to talk wrestling, hip hop? What do you what do you what do you you talk CM Punk and Chris Brown? What is your uh, what, what do you think you're going to talk about? That's old news. I'll probably talk about a uh, conjoinment of hip hop and wrestling. <clears throat> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, man. The floor is yours. Uh, you know, ed- educate our listeners on a little bit of a uh, little bit of the world of hip hop, and I'll be right back. Oh, ducky, ducky, quack, quack. All right, guys, you're stuck with me. Good luck. Um, first of all, before I get started, I just want to say that you know Steve Cook, he he pimped his uh his. Cook's Corner, and he did it very lackadaisically. I just want to let you guys know, do read that. It's one of the, the better reads on the site. I have no reason to kiss his ass. It's just I've been reading it since before I started there. And, uh, you know, there is there is one thing that I did want to talk about specifically that I know Cook didn't want to mention too much, and I know a lot of people on the site didn't want to really throw out there. But, you know, this whole West Kirk situation and everything, I, I do want to put it out there for anybody that's listening that, yes, it was a work. Yes, he was you know, arrogant and, you know, a little bit of a bitter critter on online. Um, for the most part, he, he always did his job. He always put forth the effort. So no hard feelings from me, even though I know there's a few uh, tidbits of information going out there. So if you guys are emailing me, letting me know, which you guys have, that he's talking crap about me, I want you to know that it doesn't matter because I'm working for 411mania.com and he's not. So yeah, there's really no, no other talk there. Um, in terms of wrestling, you know, on Raw, with doing the Raw report, I know that it's uh, a lot of my reactions are immediate. There's no time to think. There's no time to dwell over what's going on. So what you read is, is basically what I feel at that moment. More often than not, I don't change my mind. Um, you know, the, the opinions stick. Uh, but, you know, uh, what, I, what I've been trying to get across more, more or less with all the columns that I've been doing in recent times is, to, uh, and it sounds cheesy and it may sound like a broken record, but but be a fan. I mean, this is WrestleMania season, and I know there's always going to be those commenters that complain regardless of what happens. I know that sometimes it's our job to complain, but the reality of it is, you know, we're sitting at home, whether you think we're sitting in a basement or a cushy chair, we're sitting at home watching this product, and we're critiquing it, you know, and, and that that's what we do. That's what we love to do. That's what we that's why we're writing for this site. 
because um, it ain't the money, Jack. <laughs> it ain't the money. No. Um, so I, I want to get that across. I really do want to let people know that if you are reading this website, 411mania.com, it's because you're a fan. And you can talk shit. You can, you can insult me as much as you want. You can call me Tommy Astero. It, it really doesn't matter um, as long as you're a fan, okay? And in closing, I do want to mention the creator of Tommy Astero, Michael Ornelas. The man, the man is a madman, okay? You know, our little feud online, it, it, it really, well, it wasn't a feud. I mean, it, I beat his ass in it all, all the time. But in reality, he's got a TV show out. It's called Shenanigans. It, as of right now, it's in the hip-hop column. I want you to scroll down to the hip-hop hotties because he, quote-unquote, hijacked my column and posted himself in it as a hip-hop hottie and put his episode there. So I gave the episode a chance, and it is actually quite funny. So, Michael, if you and I ever talk, if you ever want to come face-to-face with me, as long as we do not speak in rhyme, I think we could actually have a legitimate conversation. That's that's pretty much what I got, guys. But we're not going to sit here in silence, so let's bring up another talking. Ready? Shoot. Go. Chat room. Nothing else. All right. Well, then let me tell you about this guy named Kid Cudi. Uh, <laughs> he, he's recently put out a, an album. It actually came out today. It's called Wizard, W-Z-R-D. A lot of you know Kid Cudi as a rapper, uh, somewhat unique, not the... Uh, not the, you know, most uh, normal rapper. He's a bit eclectic. Well, this album that he put out is actually uh, rock-based, okay, which is weird because the last rapper that did that was Lil Wayne, and it was a horrible album. It was really bad. You guys will listen to it. There's about one song on there that, you know, is worth listening to. So I'll have the full review of it this week, and um, hope you guys enjoy it. As for Cook wanting me to mention my mom, um, I can I can call her if you want. She could say hi. I don't I don't know what else you want me to say about her. That would make for good radio. I think I'd be down for that. I think I'd be down for that. (laughs) (laughs) We would love to have your mother your mother on the There you go. Tribute to your mother. Yeah, thanks. Patrick O'Dowd has actually never even—he's never even gotten a tribute to his mother. So that's uh, that's some pretty good stuff. So uh, yeah, we actually—it's uh, funny the, uh, the 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 phone connection issues we had uh, continued. Uh, so it's definitely for some reason Blog Talk Radio is calling out is not working right now oh, wow. because it didn't work for Kyle O'Reilly. It might be the issue with Barbie Hayden. Who knows? And uh, and it was almost the issue that kept us talking to. To our good friend Buggy Nova, but we won't let that hold Buggy down. And it is, of course, the Candyland Princess and the Greg DeMarco Show starlet herself, Buggy Nova. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much. Oh, any time. And of course, Buggy, we are not with Patrick O'Dowd this week, but with your uh your your, your fellow Californian Tony Acero. 
I'm in Hello, trouble. Hello, Tony. <laughs> Hi. Uh, and we will. I'll give everybody the warning right now. Buggy is, but Buggy Buggy's cell phone is near death. So for some reason, we just completely yeah. lose Buggy, and she completely drops off. It's not something that Tony said. Uh, it's, it's actually not just the fact that uh, that the cell phone died. Uh, so so we're gonna hope hope it hangs on for us for a little while longer. But uh, yeah, no, we've got uh, Buggy on the show, and like I said, we might lose her, but we do appreciate her coming on. And I uh, had a big weekend this past week. Weekend, uh, two big shows, um, and, and we'll yeah. talk obviously, we'll kind of go in chronological order, and we'll talk a little bit about Freak Show Wrestling, where you took on a man of the bloodthirsty vixen, and yes. uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, who, who's the special referee for that match. The special referee was a creature named Scrotum Moon, and he's amazing. <laughs> he's from Guar, and he's he had these giant feet and these giant hands. And a scrotum moon on his head. So, how about that? <laughs> and there are some pictures floating around, and it is a sight to behold. That's for sure. Absolutely. So, so he was our guest referee, and um, and we what we did in our what what I used to my advantage using the rest, Mr. Scrotum Moon himself was with his giant hands that he had. He had um, one hand was an open hand, and the other one was a closed fist. So I, I, I kind of use that to my advantage in my match. Do and you want to know how, out? Greg DeMarco? Of course I want to know how. Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> 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 I had I had Amanda bent over, just like she's used to it, and I, I got the rest fist. And I, That's cool. Button. <laughs> Sorry, that was just, just the fact that you had Amanda bent over. I think a lot of people just just wanted to That's confirm cool. that. That's really cool. Yes, super cool. So she got fisted in my match. She likes it. Oh, <laughs> shucky, ducky, quack, quack. And then, and you don't know this yet, Buggy, but for the first time ever, there are two people in control of the sound bites on this on this show. Oh. So I, I gave Tony the opportunity. Patrick O'Dowd has had the opportunity for quite a long time uh, and has always turned it down. But, but Tony Acero welcomed the opportunity to, to be in charge of some sound bites. And uh, and and yeah, and I do appreciate you interviewing yourself back there. That was that was good. That's the the level of experience <laughs> you've gained over the past nine months being on the uh, being on the Greg DeMarco you show. Know your day. And shut your damn mouth. That was me, actually. That wasn't Tony. I, I should blame Tony for it, but uh, I just insulted Buggy on my own program. That's that's really smart of me, isn't it? Yeah, you dumbass. <laughs> so, but things didn't end up so well between you and Amanda, unfortunately. At least, at least on your end of things. No, she of course cheated again. Again, not surprised. Um, and uh, she got me disqualified. And scrotum moon, I thought we were cool. Him having a scrotum on his forehead and, you know, helping me out, fisting her. But no, he he went and disqualified me for something dirty that Amanda used to her advantage. That's oh, not cool. Sounds yeah, like a that, regular Hollywood cool. night. Yeah, I know. And in and, and freak show wrestling. So, uh, is there going to be another? Re- is there going to be a rematch in Freak Show Wrestling, or are you going to take your frustrations out on Guar? What? Uh, what? 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 Do you have any recourse for the what's gone on, unfortunately, well, with Freak Show Wrestling? 
Yeah, I know. I know. I want to rematch with Amanda. I know. I'm gonna to talk to Sin because obviously this is just not right. Um, so maybe we need a different ref. Um, maybe one without a gut sack on his head. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe that scrotum move was a little distracting for him. He couldn't really see. Uh, or I don't know. Maybe we'll have a, a, another special guest referee. But there were de- definitely will be a rematch between Amanda and I. This is not the end of it. I do not go down this way. And uh, and it, the next show will be April seventh, I believe. There you so go. April seventh. I got to prep till April. Okay. Is, it, is it still going to be in Burbank? Yes, Burbank at the Knox Pro Arena. Excellent. So everybody can definitely look out for that. And obviously we'll have more time to talk about that. And and who knows, maybe we'll give you the opportunity to confront Amanda. It's something I can work on. Uh, um, and, and I don't, this might not be popular news for Buggy, who knows. But Amanda the Bloodthirsty Vixen might be seen in this week's edition of the Wrestling 5 and 1 this weekend at 411mania.com. So not uh, – I'm, I'm hurt. I'm a little hurt that you would do that to me. But, but it's okay. It's your show. You know, you do what you want to do. But uh, I'll, I'll 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 use that. Maybe I'll use that in my match uh, as fuel in April. See, so buggy, buggy, trying to get you, it all, all up in my ever, man. <laughs> if you ever want to uh, walk the halls of the hip hop hotties once again, you just let me know. I will. Maybe I will, Tony. Maybe <laughs> I will. Oh, see, look at that. See, Tony, you, Tony said, I'll, I'll be your wingman. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll, I'll be more than happy to, to help you out. And then as soon as stuff happens, you, yeah, we all, we all see Greg, what goes I'm just, in. I'm trying to keep her close, man. By the way, Buggy, <laughs> I'm sorry for trying to possess you. It just uh, came over me. Well, it happens. It happens. It's, it's all right. It's okay. And, Buggy, before before things go too crazy, we have to remind everybody. Hey, Greg. Oh, I want to say, Greg, I love you. I'm serious. I love you. Greg DeMarco, I love you. This is Buggy Nova, and I just want to let all you guys know that I love Greg DeMarco. True. I can't help it. You know it's funny. Um, you know I don't. I, when when you're on because of all the emails I get and 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 hell I got a couple text messages about this the other day. Everybody wanting to know a big update on on if Buggy has signed with 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 those three letters. I don't even want to talk about when that does eventually happen for you. And I'm 100 percent confident that it will sometime down the line. I think the first week you can't be on the program. I'm just going to play that for 15 minutes. <laughs> is what we're going to have to do. And 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 we'll just bring back old Buggy interviews. I've got nine months worth Absolutely. of them. Absolutely. So we'll just bring them back, maybe in chronological order. Uh, who knows? And 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 we'll we'll keep everybody. And then and maybe you know, the listeners will be. We'll get some new listeners, and they'll think it's just still you. So you have a vagina. Well, I mean, well, and anatomically, yes, she does, Tony. But I don't understand why that's relevant to the conversation. I was just, you know, <laughs> just it's quite water. all right. It's quite. It's been a conversation about body parts, unfortunately, with uh, with 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 Mr. Scrotum, and uh, and 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 now you have a vagina. So it is uh, it's good. But that's not the only match that Buggy had this weekend. Buggy had a very very busy weekend, and uh, and, and traveled up to Stockton, California, uh, which is not a short drive. <laughs> I can tell you that. Uh, yeah. And and had a match, uh, a triple threat match, three way, whatever you want to call it, up for uh, Bushido Pro Wrestling or Pro Wrestling Bushido, pardon me. Uh, so talk about that and and uh, let us know what happened up there. Well, I was in a three way 
my first. Hey yo. Oh, that sound bite. Man, where, where can I get? <laughs> yeah, what is that? You're going to have to use that now. I know. That's David. cool. Actually, we we can do this one for you. Don't do it like that, baby. That'll work. I like yeah. it. So, so you were in a three-way. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my first three-way, and um, it was with Savannah Riley. And uh, some Asian girl that nobody cares about. It's not even worth my time talking about her on this show. Let's just say uh, somebody ate Mulan, and <laughs> she was at Pro Wrestling Bushido in the ring with me. Somebody ate Mulan. That's funny because I saw the picture of the girl you're talking about on the poster for the event, and for some reason they put her like front and center, and that's yeah. uh, that's, that's pretty. Go yeah. go to Maggie's Facebook page, and you'll find the the poster for Pro Wrestling Bushido. Or I know it's also on Joey Ryan's, and uh, which for some reason they didn't advertise that Joey Ryan was going to be on this show. That's super smart of that promotion, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and not to bust on them or anything. I help promote their show too. <laughs> And uh, and yeah, she's uh, she, she's not out of the three women in that match. She's not the one you want to put front and center. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, and she shouldn't even have been there. Like, what is she doing in the ring? Like, why? Why? Who are you? You know, uh, so, she's sticking her nose in your business, and you and Savannah Riley. Exactly. Uh, like, have, what's the point? You have a little Seriously. bit of a history there. Well, you know what. <sighs> There was some. There was a sparkle of light. There was a. There was a little change of pace in in our match in our three way, and for for a second, I saw Savannah Riley eye to eye, and um, and we kind of had a truth for a moment. We kind of had a moment for a moment, if you will, <laughs> and um, and we shook hands, which. You know, believe it or not, it's not something I do a lot of the time. But I think we we just we both kind of matured in the ring because we fought, uh, you know, so many times, and and we we really I think more than anything we bonded over the fact that we we just don't like this other Asian girl. This this Ching Chong Ping Pong tournament, Mulan, Disney character from Hell, like she didn't even come in the ring. To fight with us, she was standing there on the outside. We're like, "What the hell is this?" Get in the ring, you know, you know, and wrestle. She didn't want to wrestle us, so so Savannah and I kind of bonded over the fact that we just don't like this girl, and we decided to 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 make her lose, um, and just to just to beat her up. So we shook hands. We we tried to you know overpower this beast, and. Um, I shouldn't have trusted her. Greg, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me this? I shouldn't have trusted Sven Riley. Never again. I know. I was about to bug you. Never, Never trust again. a woman. You know this. I know. Anything with, anything that bleeds for more than five days and is still functioning, I, I'm just not going to go anywhere near that because trusting, no. Sven Riley, no. Because you know what happened? You know what she did? Right. After we shook hands, after we met eye to eye, after we wanted to, you know, tackle this beast together, she shoves me out of the ring. She throws me. No, no, no. She kicks me out of the ring. I go flying. I hit a chair. I actually, have, I saw the bump on my head of, of where I landed. That's how. That's how 
you know, backstabber, literally, in the most literal term of backstabbing, she backstabbed me, Greg. Yeah, I'm not pleased at all. And then get this, she loses. She loses it. So she. So you're friends. not even involved in the. I'm not even in there. I'm out here. I'm out here. You know, nurturing my wounds. With a bomb on your head. With a bomb on my head. I'm. I'm asking for a beer. I'm like, someone give me a beer. I need a beer. No one helps me out. I'm all by myself. It's cold. It's dark. <laughs> I'm not in the ring winning. I don't like that place. Uh, so, so but she lost it. And that so means she I loses lost. the match. She, she loses the match to, I believe yeah. it was was Curl Heem or something like that was, was the name of the person who won the match. Um, and, and according to, to what uh, the information that the promotion gave me the other day in hopes that I would promote it. And I did. I put it in my column and I promoted it on Facebook. And that's how they repay me is by screwing you over. On, they screwed me over. And, and then not only that, but then they wouldn't provide you with your, the alcoholic beverage you were requesting. You're of legal age. Exactly. I don't understand why why they could not do that. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't even know if, if I would encourage a return engagement to, to pro wrestling Bushido. I'm really, you know, I'm really, I'm really second guessing it now. Like, I, I thought we were friends. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll work something out. Maybe we'll Facebook chat and, uh, and iron out these wrinkles, but... I don't know. I, the wound is still fresh. It's still tender. So it's going well, to I mean, take a while. The, I know that. Well, and, you know, we'll let Tony is there. Let's, let's be honest. Greg DeMarco, not a biased party when we're talking about Buggy Nova and, and anything. No, so not we'll, at all. We'll let Tony Acero try to be the biased third party here. And let's look at the facts for a second, Tony. Pro Wrestling Bushido uh, makes Buggy Nova drive over five hours to wrestle at an event. Uh, they, they, they book a, a star the level of, of Joey Ryan on a card with Buggy Nova and don't even put him on the poster, uh, but they put, put Coral Heem on the poster, someone that we, no one has ever heard of. Um, and and they, put, they put Johnny Goodtime on the poster, which is great because he's a very talented guy, but they don't put Joey Ryan on the poster at all. And then they screw over Buggy Nova, and then they make her drive five hours back home uh, without putting her up or anything like that. And uh, do you, as an outside outsider looking in, um, what do you think she should return to this promotion? Did you shake hands? <laughs> <laughs> no, good Lord, no, don't go back. Send them a card. Send them a card with, what's his name, Scrotum on it. On it. <laughs> Scrotum Moon says I'm never going to have this promotion again. I'm gonna cut off a piece of his scrotum moon and send it to them. That just just as long as you send it to them and not you know me because that would be really scary, actually, no. to receive if a piece I of someone. If I sent it to you, it would be out of love, Greg. It of would course. be a different kind of message. It would be the same gift, but a different meaning. <laughs> same gift, different meaning. I will say this though about a possible return to pro wrestling Bushido, Re- revenge can be quite the motivating factor. In the Absolutely. world of professional wrestling, and and I'm sure if they say if if they were going to bring you back, you'd probably have some demands, and it would probably be a one-on-one match with Savannah Riley, so you can finally uh, avenge what's gone on. Because really, every time you two have stepped into the ring, you have not been given a fair opportunity. Let's be honest here; you have not been no given way. a fair opportunity. Absolutely not. Of demand. Get ice cream bars, a private jet. I want- Green skittles in my dressing room. I want baby wipes, and I want a toilet made out of solid gold. Wait, wait, hang and on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Green skittles, 
You get any other? Do, do the baby wipes scented or unscented? Um, scented. Hello. Scented baby, I'm sorry, sorry. Scented baby wipes. They have Toilet to be scented. Of, I want them scented. to be scented like M and M's. Oh, baby scented scent. like M and M's. Scented like M and M's. The inside, not the outside. Of course, of course. Well, yeah, that that's a given. Um, yes. And the toilet made out of what? Solid gold. S O L I D. Solid gold toilet. Okay, done. Done. We'll make yeah. sure that happens. Thank you. At yeah. least. <laughs> Perusing Bushido is never going to see you again. If those are things like Considering you had to drive five hours to get there the first time, and 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 only to get thrown out of the ring to hit your head on a chair, and then they probably gave you a twenty dollar bill and said, "Here you go, thanks." So yeah, great. I would drive uh, five hours for Vegas. Right, and then and then you spend money to go there, so that's even even Sometimes. better. <laughs> Sometimes. There, there are there are some stories about Tony Acero in Vegas that would get most people arrested. So that is or deported, depending on what country you're from. So that is, that is you just never know. So buggy rough weekend for you, but things are obviously obviously going to going to shape up from there. So, but that's really the life on the road. I mean, you know, in in all reality, talk about that. Like the the lengths that people travel to just to wrestle in a match. I mean, what, you know, some of the some of the traveling that you've done in your career just for an opportunity to get in the ring, especially in a state as big as California. It's 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 real a level of dedication that I think most of us have a hard time fully understanding. Yeah. Yeah, well, it helps with the people that you're with. Definitely. It, it really makes it easier when you're carpooling with your friends and and just having making it a good time, you know, because traveling X amount of hours can seem grueling on paper, but if you, you can turn it into an adventure, you can turn it into a good time, and um, it just depends who you're with. And, and with the dedication and, and just loving wrestling and wanting to be there and, and just wanting to be in front of a different group of people, um, in a different state, you know, it, it just, that's what keeps you going, you know, it, it's what separates us from people that aren't wrestlers or that, you know, they can't understand why we do this and why we invest in it. So it's difficult to understand, but it really, it helps who you're with, what you're doing, what kind of music you're playing, <laughs> having a car that doesn't break down usually helps. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, just making it an adventure, and and we're all there for the same reason. We all want to wrestle. We all want to do that. If we didn't want to do there, be there, then we wouldn't be there. So it really says a lot when when we when we're willing to travel. And that that's excellent. I mean, we definitely do appreciate you sharing that. And and, and you know, we can go from 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 ching chong ping pong to to those heartfelt comments. And so we definitely do appreciate <laughs> that. And, and and I really hope that people understand what not just you, but a lot of the wrestlers that come on this show, because you know yeah. we, we we can't get guests from the WWE or, or TNA, so we get a lot of indie wrestlers. And really, you're the guys are the ones that are out there, and you're driving the hours, and and you're you know hoping to break even on a trip in in most cases, and, and you're really. Uh, just a ton of personal sacrifice to make that happen, and I really hope people appreciate the effort that you guys put in because I know it, it's it's a lot of personal sacrifice that some people probably never get a good level of understanding of. So 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 good stuff, good stuff indeed. Well, thank you, Frank. Thank you. No problem. No problem. And I, and I do want to give you a proper exit. I don't want your exit to be because your cell phone dies. So uh, so as usual, uh, we do appreciate you coming on the show all the time as you always do, and uh, and we look forward to to hearing from you next week. Yay, thank you guys. Love no problem. Project. Tony, any, any last-minute work for, for the Candyland Princess? 
I've I've got a lot of work for. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite all right. It's quite all right indeed. Well, listen, Buggy, we appreciate you coming on. We'll talk to you again soon. Cool. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Tony, that is how it's done. I want everybody we take an interview and pull it full circle and actually get a heartfelt moment out of a guest. That's uh I hope you were taking notes. And I'm awesome. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> just like you were. Would you would you write on that notepad? Green Skittles and Yeah, apparently said green toilet. Skittles and uh scented baby wipes and a, a solid gold toilet. Right. Oh, and the scented baby whites have to smell like the inside of M&M's. Yeah. So basically, you well, know, chocolate. You know what? You have a vagina! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I will make the choice not to give someone else control of the soundboard next time. I don't know. Oh, man. Now I have to change my password to, to Blog Talk Radio. Otherwise, next time I come in, there will be no sound bites left. You guys, the password is Buggy Loves Me. I'm serious. Seven. Oh, you even gave the number, you bastard! <laughs> now I gotta, now I gotta change everything. I gotta change the the access to my bank account. Uh, I'm not, I'm not happy right now. Not happy at all. You have a vagina. That was for Get you. Over it. <laughs> the reason why I stopped using that soundbite is because it was used too much. That's all I'm gonna say. But it's so, beautiful. <laughs> uh, say, say that again. But it's beautiful. It is beautiful, and, and, and it was the kind of moment that you can't plan, and that's why it's, uh, we, we bring it in so much as we do, just like this one. I know this has become a random show because of some schedule changes and everything else. But during during our time with Buggy Nova, we actually were able to connect uh, via via text message with Barbie Hayden. So oh, we're going to shift gears a little bit and, and bring Barbie Hayden on. So not going to put you on the spot again, Tony. Make you filibuster one more time because I actually came prepared this week with uh, multiple multiple songs, multiple musical interludes just in case they were needed. So uh, we're going to give it, give you another couple minute break while we uh, go off and get Barbie Hayden. So hang on one minute and then we'll go, of course go with the uh, well we we can go with the old standby or we can go with a different uh, old school WCW theme song. Your choice. My choice? Go with the standby. Your choice. (laughs) Say it again. Go with the standby. Go with the standby. You got it. We'll be right back. Oh, 
legendary man himself, Hulk Hogan. Oh, man, I love Billy. I can't wait to get back there, you know. Eric Bischoff. It really wasn't Ted Turner's empire. It really was. Jay Lethal in the VOC Wrestling Nation. A total Elizabeth Nicolipton me. Yeah. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hey! 1360 WNJC Philadelphia. Worldwide at VOCNation.com. Greg DeMarco Show. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco Show the best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> all right, we are we are back. Yeah, a little, little sneaky, sneaky debut right there. Uh, played the VOC Nation commercial, and I do want to um, – this week, tomorrow, of course, uh, on Wednesday, if you're listening live. Uh, if not listening live, then you can find it at VOCNation.com. Uh, big edition of the Voice of Choice Nation with Bruce Ward. And they'll be making a big announcement about a, a guest coming out of their program, coming up probably one of the biggest guests they've ever had, as well as the future of the VOC Nation in general. So definitely, definitely look out for that and, uh, and send some good stuff going there. Proud member of the Voice of Choice Nation family is the Greg DeMarco Show. But at this time, we're, we're lucky to be able to, to connect and, and actually bring on the program another one of the DeMarquettes, and, and that is, of course, all the way from, from Texas. And if I didn't tell you she was from Texas, you'd know as soon as you heard her speak. And that is, of course, the beautiful Texas bombshell Barbie Hayden. So, Barbie, welcome to the program. We're glad we're finally able to get you on. Oh, thank you. And sorry about the confusion earlier. And, hey, I didn't I didn't think that uh, my accent was that, was that thick or that noticeable. No, no, no. Sometimes I kind of hope that it's not too, too, you know, I don't know, ringing, I don't know. you know. I don't, I don't know what Greg's <laughs> talking about. I had no idea. You're yeah, never co-hosting crazy. the show again. I just want you to know that. <laughs> you're supposed to be the co-host. Oh, the you know your damn role and shut your damn mouth. Oh, I'm just wow. kidding. No, you're right? harsh on right? the show. That hurts. We're, we're really nice to our really nice to our guests. You know, if you say something funny, we'll be like, "That's cool." You know, or or, or when when you leave, we'll be and like, "I'm awesome." But you know, if, I'm if the you call, those, like ready. Of course, just a professional operation here, Barbie. This isn't just somebody sitting at a desk in their living room. I mean, actually, it is. But uh, but uh, yeah, yeah, we have it. Yeah. We have it, you know. And when the co-host gets out of line, the co-host. It doesn't matter what you think. Yeah, and none of it matters because the major host. You have a vagina. That's right. You just scared off the guest. You scared Barbie wow. Hayden. Didn't <laughs> <laughs> scare. Just completely intrigued. Oh my goodness. That's why. Oh, shucky, ducky, quack, quack. I'm just thinking in my head, like, I couldn't remember where these buttons are or, like, I don't know if they are buttons. They're probably just, like, lines on a computer. But I just feel like I would totally have just bombed everything that you were trying to do just now. Like, I would have I would have clicked them too late or, like, overlapped them or, I don't know. You know, it's kind of funny because... Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it's yeah. most people would think that us using the sound bites is bombing. So the fact that you think that not being able to use them would also be bombing, it's just you know, it's really a no-win situation. It's because that's how I roll. That's why we don't get to use all that often. 
So good stuff. But we do want to talk about about Barbie Hayden. We appreciate you coming on the show. You are a little under the weather, and and so if any if that's noticeable for anybody, then hey, you know she's a trooper and she's coming on our show. And uh, <laughs> you hear me sniffling. Sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. You don't have the mute button like we do, so so you're good to go there. Uh, but you know we, we visit you with you on occasion, and of course, and follow your career as, as we do with all the Demarquettes. And we always appreciate you coming on the program and, and giving me the dates for the column and everything. And and a big key to ascending the next level in wrestling, of course, is to grow and develop. And so since we last had you on in December, uh, kind of talk to us about how you feel like you've grown and developed in, in your craft of professional wrestling and, and in your travels and your training since we last had you on. Um, I mean, of course, always advancing. Like, I, my biggest thing is I don't ever want to be a stalemate. Like, I don't want to just be dull, be the same person. So I've even been changing up, like, my gear and um, I've been focusing on, like, just different techniques in the ring. Um, I've really been, I don't know, I really have been. I think, did we lose you? Did we lose Barbie? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, we did. Look at that, she's gone. That's sad. Oh, oh, Hi, she, Barbie. I know, she was She was about to just really drop some serious stuff and. And, and unfortunately, we we completely lost her there. So, uh, have, should we give it a try? You think we should try to get her back? Yeah, definitely. We'll try live on the air. We'll try live on the air to get her back. We'll just we'll pull back the curtain completely and uh, and, and see what we can do. Of course, we might fail miserably and just play sound bites for an hour. Who knows? We'll just battle back and forth. <laughs> Battle of the sound bites. It's dialing, by the way, but nothing's happening, so I'm a little concerned um, that we'll uh, may or may not. Oh, oh, looks like. Let's see here. Barbie. No, Barbie. No, I don't know. It's like quite a second. Barbie, there. Hey, Barbie, you're back with us. Hey. <laughs> there we go. We got you live. You're live on the air, and uh, and yeah, we lost you for a second there. Uh, you know, I'm cell phones. It's it's cell phones. Who knows? It's it's you know, yeah. we we love our technology. We like to have everything on our phone, but sometimes the damn things can't make a phone call. So, oh, I know. It's quite right. But uh, you, you were telling us about your growth and development as a professional wrestler, and really what you've been able to do over the past couple months, and uh, and, and and really grow and develop. And so, where do you feel like you're at in in terms of your general career, and and where you versus where you want to be? Um, I know that I'm a lot more comfortable in the ring. And um, I don't know, like, uh, I've been trying to change up everything because I hate when things get stale. I hate when, you know, fans get bored and they feel like they can almost predict what, you know, what you're going to look like, what you're going to act like. And so I've been even changing up, like, my my gear that I've been wearing, like, in the ring. And um, I don't know, there's not a lot of girls that do chain wrestling, especially in Texas anyway, I've noticed. And so I've been studying up a lot on chain wrestling, and I've been trying to just kind of change up the paces of the match, and I don't know, just um, just trying to make things you know a little different, at least for myself and for fans around here. But um, of course, just try to you know work different people, and uh, I would say like right now how I feel is just a lot more comfortable in the ring. I feel you know a lot stronger. Like I feel like I could get in there with. You know, not, I wouldn't say anybody, but, I mean, you know, I feel like I could hold my own. And so that's a big thing. Um, you know, I've gotten I've gotten rid of a lot of the, uh, I don't know, kind of like the newcomer look mm-hmm. and feeling and everything. So 
That's and I'm sure that I'm sure that confidence translates to to your performance in the ring too. I mean, it would be hard not to not to have it. Translate yeah, to your performance like I have more fun in a seat. Like, cause I really like to cut up, like in my normal day to day life. And mm. I've been able to kind of show my my real personality in the ring, where I can kind of cut up with fans. You know, even if you know, even if it's like during the entrance, and I'm supposed to be like, oh, you know, getting serious and stuff. If I feel like I want to cut up, like I can actually do it and feel comfortable, and I can keep my mindset where it needs to be and still have fun with the fans. So that's a, that's a big plus, I feel. Yeah, you know, Barbie, as you um, as you progress in your career, as you grow a little bit more, you know, you, the traveling becomes more consistent. You know, so you're traveling nearly every weekend, sometimes during the week. Uh, give us some insight yeah. on what the you know what life on the road is like. You even include how you know you're kind of sick right now. How do you deal with that? Um, first off, I want to kind of punch that girl in the face. She wasn't my opponent, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I've just been, I've been, like, so happy because, uh, I'm like, oh, man, I've been feeling so good. I haven't been getting sick. I've been taking my multivitamin, you know, and I actually stopped taking my multivitamin, like, a week ago, and uh, thank God I just went and got more, so, you know, more of it today, but, uh, that was keeping me from not getting, like, colds and stuff, but now I've got one, so, that's frustrating, but, um, other than that, like, just this weekend, for instance, um, I had a show about five and a half hours from my house. So me and Ken go five and a half hours to the show. It's in a Crystal City for South Texas Pro Wrestling. And then Sunday we had one in Brownsville. And if you know anything about Texas, Brownsville is the very mm-hmm. bottom, southernmost oh, yeah, the, the southernmost tip. tip. Oh, my God goodness it is so far uh it was like a what was it nine i think it was nine no not nine hours what was it seven and a half hours wow yeah seven and a half hours from our house but uh yeah so we drove the five and a half hours one day on saturday and then had to drive an hour to where we were staying and then woke up sunday and drove about five and a half hours to get to brownsville you know, they had a hotel for us that night. And then yesterday we drove the seven and a half hours back home. And so, you know, today, of course, we were back in the gym and everything. And, well, I was kind of, like, dragging with being sick. But <laughs> I was kind of there. Um, but, that's you know, that's just one weekend, for instance, just kind of living in the car. But, um, man, it's, it's, it gets tiring, of course. You know, you get bored about looking at the road and stuff. But then it's fun because, um, you know, you get to spend quality time, I guess, with all the boys and stuff. You know, we get to go out to eat. And um, we woke up Sunday or Monday morning with our car decorated because uh, Lance Hoyt thought it would be funny to wake up a couple hours before we did and decorate our car and mess with all the windows and all the windshield wipers. (laughs) So little things like that make it a little more fun and kind of break up, you know, how terrible the long drive is, but um, it's so worth it because, you know, sometimes these fans don't have anything where they live, you know, because it does take hours to get to where they live in these small towns in most cases. And, you know, it's just, it's so neat and so worth it once you actually get there. And they're just so happy that you're there. And they're like, oh, my God, thank you for breaking up this terribly boring week, you know. So, I don't know. It's fun, though. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's good. Um, as far as, you know, areas you haven't been yet, where is a few places you would like to travel and wrestle? 
Florida would definitely be one of them. I've been trying so hard to get over there, and it just seems like every time I kind of get my foot into a door, the door shuts, and they're like, not yet, not right now. Or they're like, you know, come back or, you know, whatever it might be, or our bookings are all full or some something. And uh, that's one place I would love to go just because I, I do have friends that I work, you know, over here in, like, the southern states and everything who live in Florida, and I'd love to go work them, you know, over in their territory. And uh, also I would really like to be over in Europe, not anywhere in particular. Um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like every time I watch, like, European-style matches, like, I just enjoy them a lot, and I think it would be kind of fun to learn from, you know, women who are over there. And, uh, yeah, but I would say that's that's somewhere, you know, Florida is, is obviously the closer one, and then Europe would be the the further. <laughs> so excellent, and and you recently did a little bit of traveling, and uh, and, and picked up another belt, and picked up a championship. So tell us about that. Yes, um, that was at Magnificent Ladies Wrestling, which is you know MLW, mm-hmm. and that is run out of Tennessee. And then um, the former champion was Melanie Cruz. And for those who don't know who Melanie Cruz is, she's got, like, six inches on me easily. This is a very tall girl, very dominant, and uh, definitely wore the heavyweight championship belt very proudly and ruggedly and just, like, was kicking everybody's butt with, uh, you know, maybe questionable methods, but that's okay. I've got some questions. What'd you do, Tony? You know what? <laughs> I just uh, she didn't say California, so I got pretty upset. Yeah, she didn't say Arizona either. I was gonna get into that, <laughs> and uh, and and yeah, the, the, the twice now I just completely lost it. So completely, completely lost it out of, out of Barbie Hayden. And and you check out the Wrestling Five and One. You'll see some more stuff on Barbie Hayden. Head on over to Facebook, uh, and, and you can do a search for Barbie Hayden. You can also look for the Fans of Barbie Hayden fan page and get some more information about about Barbie Hayden. But look, at the end of the day, the girl's got a cold anyway. So, yeah, so you know, maybe it someone's... sounds like she's, a, she's going more of the technical route, just, just by what she's yeah. saying. I find that really interesting in a positive manner. Yeah, because I mean, where, where she wrestles a lot, it's it's very much in the storytelling. Like she said, she goes into the small towns, and so you're really out there giving the fans an experience. And and so when she goes and she's trying to get bookings in Florida and trying to get bookings elsewhere, she obviously knows that that she needs to expand her horizons a little bit. And so you, you know, I think she she should be commended for that, and, and obviously making some great efforts and trying to become, you know, really a well-rounded individual. Because she's been on the show before, and she's told us, I mean, she her aspiration is is to wrestle for the WWE and be a WWE diva. And and you know, she's she's Definitely got the look to do that, but obviously she wants to pull it off in the ring as well. And, and I think that uh, you know a lot of good stuff coming out of her. So and and, and as Steve Cook said in in the snake pit, yes, the Demarquettes do in fact win championships. Steve, I, I know yeah. they uh, they they don't just win them because because that's how it's booked. They actually earn them. They all earn them. Yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you one thing about the Demarquettes. I mean, just from you know talking to Tara numerous times, you know talking to Buggy and listening to them, and now Barbie, they're. Um, they're no slouches. I mean, I, you know, they're they're hungry. It's very it's flattering to see it as a wrestling fan. It's they they know where they are. They know where they are with their talent. They know where they stand, and they realize that they can go up, and they want it. They want it so bad. I I think it's extremely commendable. I'm really proud of them. 
Yeah, all four of them, and, and Veda Scott as well. I mean, she's shown up, and, and Veda Scott, the thing that people got to remember, is she's in law school while she's pursuing her professional wrestling career, gets bookings. You know, she's worked in the Midwest. She's based out of Philadelphia, and of course now is on uh, is on ROH television as their backstage interviewer. And and yeah, it's it's crazy. Like every each each one of the four Demarquettes is is blowing up, and and so it's you know some of it's luck, and, and some of it's it's you know I, I picked them and I did a great job picking them, but they still would they'd be ascending to these heights whether or not they're a Demarquette. It's just a fact of, of we picked four great ones to follow, and, and really they've shown that, uh, shown that in, in in spades. So definitely glad that we made the choices that we made on them. So so very very excited about that, and of course, which wish so much success uh, for each one of the Demarquettes. And uh, and now Tony, you get to participate in a little bit of old school discussion with our buddy Justin Freemeyer. How do you feel about that? Oh, all right. Let's Forget see if I can school. handle this. And it is our good friend Justin Freemeyer. Welcome to the program. Hey, Greg, and hey, Tony, how's it going? I love your, love good, your articles, by the way. Oh, good thank reads. you. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. well, Tony has a fan. Oh, Look yeah. at that. Look at that, Tony. Hey, Tony has a fan. You have a vagina! <laughs> you got one more <laughs> fan than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Justin, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, We're all about, you know, be you know not you know sugarcoating anything on the program or whatever, but Justin just uh, just recently went through a little bit of a transformation or a decision making process with with a local promotion that he's working for. That's just uh, I was actually going to bring this show and literally go on a remote to this promotion tomorrow, do some interviews, use it as part of the overrun in a future edition, and and I can tell you that's not happening whatsoever. And, and you know we hear these great stories from Buggy and, and Freak Show Wrestling. They put on a great show, and as does Pro Wrestling Bushido, and all these promotions in Texas do a great job. And then you can do, do the complete other side of the coin and tell us a little bit about the experience you've recently had there, Justin. Well, I've been out of the wrestling business since IZW closed its doors back in 2009, Impact Zone Wrestling, in here in Phoenix, and uh, I decided to join NWA Wild West promotion because. Actually, someone someone from my school actually contacted me on it and said, hey, we're looking for a wrestling journalist, someone that can write about the, the promotion and stuff. And so I was all for it because someone, you know, it's from my school. And I was like, cool. And I met the guy who was a boxing promoter, a nice guy, everything. You know, I got into this, and the first show drew about 200 people. Which in, in, in and I, we're I, talking about here, and indie wrestling, 200 people is a good draw. I mean, you know, we're used to seeing 20,000 people sold out in an arena on Raw, but 200 people for the first ever indie wrestling show is a really, really great turnout. And, and it was, I mean, the show was was not as good as I thought it was going to be, and I was supposed to do commentary for it, and I was also supposed to be doing, a, also I was going to, I did interviews with talent and stuff like that, and you know, the first show went fine. I mean, there's no problems. And then, you know, I wanted to do this inside with Michael Malone with, with some of the talent. It just got tough to to coordinate talent and get meetings going. And then it, it, it just uh, something would happen with the sound when we try to edit it and put it on air. So it was just always some kind of issue going on. And, and then today I go to the show, and one of their top talents, you know, decides to walk. Um and then, you know, I get to run around as far as doing interviews from the talent 
and no respect. And, you know, you you try to put over talent, and it's just like the way I was treated by the talent was just a slap in the face. Here I am trying to help, and I just felt like I was slapped in the face. It was just bad. And it left a bad taste in my mouth. And, you know, tonight I think like 30 people showed up. That's, I mean, that's how bad I guess it's been. So, so that's my thoughts. I'm just angry. So if I'm a little messing up with my words, I apologize. It's just, you know, I didn't think coming back to the, I wasn't going to come back to the business in Arizona. And I thought this opportunity would be good. And I was very disappointed by my whole experience. And yeah, it's not all roses. And that's the thing about the the wrestling business. And, And I don't blame Justin at all. It's funny, actually, when Justin first told me earlier today he might do this, I was like, no, don't walk out until tomorrow so I can be there. Because <laughs> I just want to see it and laugh. Um, but, but you know, and, and, and I'm sorry, NWA Wild West, but you've proven yourself to be one of the bad ones. And uh, and, and, and I actually kind of wanted to go to their show tomorrow so I could come on next week and just completely blast it and make fun of it. But it's not even worth that. At this point, and the fact that they went from – I believe the official tally was like damn near 250 people at their first show, which like I said is amazing, and, and a lot of promotions would kill to draw that. Down to 30 people, I mean that that says a lot, and they had a lot of talent that and, – and I know of a specific talent that stopped working with them to go to a competitor, and, and it's because they, they weren't committing to what they were going to pay him, and it was just – the professionalism wasn't there. And so, yeah, you know, the world of professional wrestling is not uh, is not all happy and, and, and all charming. In that sense, but, so yeah. I look at it as a learning experience. I mean, you, you, I mean, when I worked in IZW and in RPW, it was strictly professional. I worked with people that I felt comfortable in the, you know, I was wrestling at that time, but I, you know, I worked with people I felt comfortable in the ring with and in commentary. I just, all these people seemed pretty legit. You know, a lot of these people here at NWA Wild West, I've never seen them before, honestly. <laughs> and a lot of them, I look like they came from a backyard. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, basically. It's, it's painful to hear, and it, it does suck. And I am sorry to hear that that the experience went the way it did for you. And uh, and you know, don't let it obviously hurt you too bad in, in the long run um, in the wrestling business. And, and Tony, uh, as you sit here and you listen to this, I mean, you've been to to plenty of indie shows and plenty of small shows. And and uh, I, I remember a specific fight called Lucha Pro. It looked like it was in my living room. Um, you know, and, and when you hear this, I mean, does it surprise you at all? Um, no, no. I mean, you know. Contrary to what many people believe, I have been to many indie shows. They've just all been California. Um, yeah, <laughs> no, no, they've never had Buggy yeah. on them, which is interesting. All right. You know what? I, <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping she wouldn't give me shit. Now you are. Okay, look. Um, the thing about the, the feds that you see is, yeah, you you know, there's, there's, there's some radicals out there. Like, there's, there's feds that treat you with, uh, you know, respect as a fan and as a person, and then there's, there's feds that treat you like, like nothing. I remember when I went to Lucha Pro, um, I I walked through the backstage area unknowingly, and um, there was a, cu- a few people that greeted me as if I was, you know, a part of the show, um, thinking maybe I was a wrestler or something. And then there were a few people that just, uh, well, first of all, the place looked like crap. It was in, like, downtown L.A. It was a CD city, and it was just a, it was like a place where you'd hold a, a, a quinceanera at, you know, and uh, it just didn't work out. So and, and as far as the people go, yeah, there are some that, that love this business and treat it with respect. And then there are some that take a name such as NWA and just continue to run it into the ground. And And I think that's, this particular promotion is actually booked uh, Scrap Iron Adam Pierce to come out next month, and and I'm you know I I wonder if that's even going to happen. 
to be honest with you. And I hope it does because I, I don't want to see Adam Pierce lose a booking and, and anything like that. But it's just it, it's concerning to me that you know, and, and the people that are behind it are supposed to have some pretty good names, but it's just not it's just not there. It's not there at all. It's unfortunate, but you know what? You know, I'm just going to bounce back from this and, and come back stronger. I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a chapter in the book someday. That, that's for sure is what yeah. you got to look at it as. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's not all, you know, Justin usually comes on, it's all happy and, and we're excited, but it's not always like that in the world of professional wrestling. And that's, you know, that's the honest truth. And, and, and you know, if you listen to Bruce Ward's show last week on the VOC Nation, it was a lot about the negativity and people asking him. He, he gets guests on his shows, and there's people like Raven who won't appear on a radio program without being paid for it to do a radio interview. And it just, you know, that's just the way the wrestling business is. It's not all positive, unfortunately, and not all not all gravy. So, Justin, you know, keep your head up. And, uh, and, and it's funny, you know, you talked about working with all those professionals at, at Rising Phoenix Wrestling and Impact Zone Wrestling. He worked with a whole lot of professionals, and he also worked with me. I'll just put it that way. So, and, and, and I do miss those days where we got to do commentary. Oh, I do, too. I look at those days with fond memories. Had we had a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. You know, I, I multitasked. It, I, it was at my finest. You know, I wrote, I commentated, I refereed. It was it was all good fun, and you know what? I'm very thankful for the opportunities that I had back then. And you know, like I said, this is chalked up as a learning experience. And you know, I'm I'm kind of glad it happened because, in a way, I know what. If I see something like that, I can just run away immediately. <laughs> yeah, you do know how to sniff it out, which I definitely think is uh, is good. And, and, and you know, and like you said, learn something from it and move on. So good stuff. I know it's not the normal the normal conversation that we have on this program with you each week, but I think it's worthwhile for people to hear and for people to get a good understanding of what the business is like. And next week, I look forward to being back to uh, business as usual. Absolutely. It will be WrestleMania oh, all over again. Oh, yeah. Looking forward to talking about WrestleMania 6 through 10 next week. So good stuff. Sorry it happened, but, but glad you're able to learn from it. And we will most definitely talk to you again next week. Absolutely. Take care, Tony. See you later, man. Thanks for reading. I'm good. No problem. Bye. Did you just give him the whole thanks for reading? Yeah, man. I, I legitimately mean that. <laughs> no, that, and, and, and he honestly he he has read a lot of stuff on four hundred one on, especially since 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 I've gone there and opened his eyes. You know, it's a lot of good stuff. And it's funny he used to get criticized backstage because he'd be like, I was reading on four hundred one, and people backstage at a wrestling show were like, that's a bunch of marks and blah 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 blah. And of course, I'm sitting there going, yeah, it's a bunch of marks. They suck. And now, of course, we don't write for the site, so that's uh, that's just the way it works out in the wrestling business. So yeah. uh, a lot of funny stuff. But as we approach the overrun, still got a few minutes left before we. Uh, before we get into the overrun. So we're going to give Tony uh, the opportunity to participate in, in, in some stuff that we normally do on the program with Patrick O'Dowd. And that is, of course, our quick hits. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Quick hits. Bang. My quick hit of the week this first to give Tony an opportunity to get ready. Uh, my quick hit of the week is actually a big happy birthday. Uh, you might remember back in October of last year, we had a very special guest on the program in the way of the Hawaiian Lion, a local wrestling uh, local wrestling star, pretty much a legend around here in Arizona. His birthday is tomorrow. He was born on February 29th, which uh, you probably I think makes him like seven or eight years old officially tomorrow. So happy birthday to the Hawaiian Lion. Look him up on Facebook. Look for the Hawaiian Lion. You can also look for the tribe as he is one half of the NWA Heritage Tag Team Champions. WA Hollywood. That's my quick hit. Bang, 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 bang. Try and stop it. Bang, bang. Here I come. Bang. Quick hits. Bang. Tony Acero. 
Okay, yeah, my quick hit real quick. I just want to mention that uh, this is a hip-hop related, by the way. The group D12, which is led by Eminem for the past 12 to 15 years, I believe, might as well be, you know, most of their life, um, has lost a member today, not to death, just because he wanted to leave. Bizarre. Probably the second most weirdest person has uh, left the group due to creative differences. I'm here to say that I probably will not miss him. Really? So and it. it just happens sometimes. There's really nothing you can do. So good stuff. Everybody listening live, of course, it's going to get cut off, but you can always listen to VOCNation.com. Going to hear some preview of, of the Ring of Honor anniversary show. And we do thank Kyle O'Reilly for coming on the program. Of course, go to GFL.TV, ROHWrestling.com for more information. And uh, we'll be right back on the other side. I'd actually like to take this opportunity to wish Greg DeMarco Show best in all his future endeavors. <laughs> all right, we are now in a bonus time. Uh, Greg DeMarco and Tony Acero. And we'd like to welcome a, a very special guest to the program, somebody that we have not had the opportunity to speak with in the past, but very honored to have him on. Uh, talk a little bit of Ring of Honor with us before we move on and talk some TNA. And that is Mr. Chad Perry. So, Chad, thank you so much for joining the program. Thank you for having me. Oh, anytime, and Chad, we're going to talk some Ring of Honor, and before we do, you know, Chad doesn't just come out of here out of the blue, uh, he's not somebody that doesn't have any experience, in fact, he's, he's got experience doing exactly what myself and Tony are doing right now, so kind of let everybody know uh, what you bring to the table in terms of your past experience on the radio. Uh, about four years ago, for around two years, I did a, uh, a podcast show similar to this, um, interviewing wrestlers, and uh, we were called the Weekend Warriors of Wrestling. So we uh, we broadcast every weekend and we covered all the news and everything you guys are doing here. So it's good to be good to be back on the horse again, doing something like this right now. Yeah, we do appreciate you coming on. We definitely do appreciate that. And of course, on uh, on on with Tony Acero uh, from Four One One Mania as well. And Tony's filling in as kind of a fill-in host this week as our regular co-host Patrick O'Dowd uh, has a brand new baby, less than one month old, and and uh, had some baby issues. And so you know, gotta gotta let him tend to those as a dad. I can kind of understand how that goes, but. Uh, Tony, of course, uh, online with us as well. Uh, Tony did do some research on Kyle O'Reilly, but Tony will probably be the first one to admit not a huge follower of, of the ROH product. Is that right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's not nothing against the company. There's no knock on it at all. I simply I don't make the time for it, and I don't have the time to make for it. So it's really just a matter of that. I, I know there's talent there. I do. And just watching the few clips that I did today as well as the interviews, you can tell that the focus is definitely somewhere else. Oh yeah, and, and you know, and and they're not they just they they've had very few shows out on our side of the country, which is another another big challenge as well. And I come from the East Coast and went to a ton of Ring of Honor shows on the East Coast and that's why I still follow the the, the company there. But uh which I brought Chad on and we're gonna talk about the tenth anniversary show. Uh a big huge show that that's coming up this Sunday on internet pay per view, GFL TV and ROH Wrestling dot com. And Chad, we're basically gonna run down the card and talk a little bit about the matches and, and make some predictions. And then uh and then after that we're gonna have a little bit of discussion of who is the top uh top Ring of Honor talent, the most important talent to Ring of Honor. And and Tony, you'll actually be able to chime in on that because those talents are uh all but two of them are no longer with the company. So so you'll be able to to chime in on that as well. So Chad, let's take a look at the card real quick uh, as we run this down and sort of have a good good sense of of what's going to be going on. Uh, we'll start at the bottom, of course. Uh, just recently announced, uh, you know, Homicide was announced for the show, and then of course we have Homicide yep. taking on the Prodigy Mike Bennett. Uh, not a lot of people in love with this match as, as Mike Bennett is a polarizing figure for the Ring of Honor audience as well. And, and kind of give us your thoughts on our you know, Homicide versus Bennett and Bennett in general. 
Uh, I'm not a huge hater on Bennett as much as most of the uh, most of the people I hear are for Bennett. But this match, it's 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 similar to Homicide versus Rhino back for uh, Glory by Honor Nine. It's not a match I'm super excited for, but it has its place on the card. Honestly, Homicide post or probably about 2009 on has not been the homicide that we knew from 2004 when he was blowing fireballs at uh, Samoa Joe. So I think it would be a good match. I'm actually thinking, uh, I know Eddie Kingston was talking about possibly being at the show. So I would be surprised to see a, a possible run in from Kingston, maybe starting a Kingston and homicide feud during of honor. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. It's interesting because the ring of honor doesn't really want to seem to commit to, uh, to homicide. Right, in and general. The, uh, his Urban Wrestling Federation, is, which I think is his main priority right now. Yeah, I, you never know. I mean, that company, you hear so many things, and, and of course, <laughs> people that have walked out of it. And, and, and I know Tony's heard some stuff about that as well. And, 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 and so you just never know. But uh, do you think this is, uh, the, you know, Chad, do you think this is an opportunity for the company to put over Mike Bennett, or do you think they're going to give the New York City crowd what they want and give Homicide the victory? I think if it's the opener, you're going to see Homicide. But if it goes any later than the opener, which I, I kind of feel that uh, Red Perkins versus House of Truth could open. But um, unfortunately, I think Homicide will go over, which is, I, I'd, I'd, I'd rather see Bennett get the rub. But I don't think we're going to see that today. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, that Mike Bennett does deserve to win this match. And I'm I'm on the, the same side of the fence about Mike Bennett as you are. Uh, Mike Bennett actually called out – websites recently and, and one of the ones he named was 411 Mania and and I actually kind of agreed with him and then publicly stated that I agreed with him which I'm not afraid to do even when it's, it's blasting our own website and uh, I think the guy is amazingly talented people just don't see it so I would love to see a Mike Bennett win but I just think they're going to make the New York City crowd happy because New York City has fair share of hatred for Mike Bennett as well and it's just it really is a, a golden opportunity for them to to, to just Give them what they want in Homicide versus Bennett, and then you know what? And, and if that's the case, then then Mike Bennett is is really shown something by being being able to play that role and be that guy for them. And, and so you know, kudos to him on that. But uh, next up on the card is, is a team that really is, is dropped down the ranks a lot, and I know they'll have a big match coming up in Florida. But Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team of Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas taking on the returning uh, ANX is Rhett Titus coming back from his surgery, uh, the All Night Express of Kenny King and Rhett Titus. And, and so do you think this is going to be another breakout match for the All-Night Express, or is it going to be another another walk in the park for, for Wrestling's Greatest Tag Team? I think it's going to be another great match. I, I'm, this is one of the three tag matches, four tag matches on the card. Three of them I'm really looking forward to. Uh, this is the first one. Charlie Haas's mic work as a heel has been phenomenal on the Ring of Honor TV show for anyone that's caught it. Uh, two weeks ago, just slapping Mark Briscoe across the chair and then just laying out five grand for Jim Cornette is perfect. Yeah, so, they, they really have done some good character development with Haas, and I'm sure he's had some input on it because he is a, a talented guy and a very underrated guy. Exactly, and they're they're like Davy Richards in my opinion. Haas and Benjamin are guys that should be heels. They're not they're not natural faces. They just they have that certain thing about them, that certain stigma that rubs them to be heels. Yeah, I know. I agree with you 100%. And then, of course, Kenny King and Rhett Titus seem to just really be getting pushed to the moon. They they won the ladder war and uh, and, and just, just really seemed like they were, they were head straight to the top. And then, of course, the injury to Rhett Titus really kind of derailed them a little bit. Is this the match that gets them back on track? I I, I think, honestly, it's going to be more of a push for Haas and Benjamin. I think that we'll see, I'm interested to see how Rhett's recovered because he wasn't out for too long, which with uh, Ring of Honor's new schedule type, luckily he hasn't missed much, probably – 
four or five or two TV tapings and then uh, two of their live shows. So it should be a good match, probably solid 15, but I think we're going to see the world's greatest tag team going over, looking strong heading into Florida. Yeah, you're right, because in Florida they are taking on the Briscoes. Don't know if it's title shot yet or not, but they are going to be taking on the Briscoes, and that's a big match. Uh, big match. It was it was somewhat overdone, but now it is, it's time to bring them back out. So I agree with you on that one, too, and we might have a lot of that today. Who knows? Um, but but I do think that Kenny King and Wright Titus will put on a great show, and, and it might even have some underhanded tactics from Haas. Who knows? And you might even get an appearance out of the Briscoe brothers in that match. You just You just never know what you're going to get with those guys in New York City. So moving on to a match that you talked about as, as a potential opener for the card, uh, one that seems thrown together, and maybe it is, but at the same time, I think it still has the, the potential to deliver big time, and that is uh, the Amazing Red and DJ Perkins on one side and the House of Truth of Roderick Strong and Michael Elgin on the other one. And, uh, and give us your thoughts on exactly what we could see in the ring uh, for this match with these four competitors. Uh, this should be interesting. I know that Red, I can't remember his last run in TNA, him doing much outside of the uh, – bringing in Crimson, but he could still go pretty well. T.J. Perkins is a phenomenal talent. T.J. Perkins is a guy that, instead of being in this match, should be uh, one of the guys competing for the TV title, really, in my opinion. But um, Strong and Elegant are a very good power team. I'm very big on Elegant. He's, uh, he's got the look. He reminds me a lot of Rhino back about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago with ECW. So I feel that it's still going to – I'm looking for House of Strong – or. Uh, House of Truth to go over here because Red Perkins, I, I think this can be a one-shot deal for Red to uh, bring in the young man that was in the first Ring of Honor match 10 years ago. Yeah, and I wondered, you know, again, we talk about the Briscoes, uh, the really the first official match in, in Ring of Honor because of the Christopher Street connection coming up before that, but the first official booked match was Jay Briscoe versus the Amazing Red. Do you think there'll be any nod to that match whatsoever on this card, or do you think we're beyond that at this point? Uh, I, I, I'm sure that, uh, Kevin Kelly will address it, but as far, I remember the opening sequence, you know, exchanging the, uh, the, the old, uh, fish out of water that indie wrestling used to be famous for back then. And I don't see really strong or elegant be able to keep up with Red for that. So I don't see too much of a nod to it, but I think we'll, and Roderick Strong's in the interesting spot this week on the TV show will be competing against Eddie Edwards for uh number one contender spot for the right. Florida show as well. So. Yeah, it is going to be interesting because Roderick Strong, of course, former world champion, and now lower on the carpet in tag team. And, and I do think there could be a little bit of a future as, as Strong and Elgin as a tag team if they really keep them in, in that in that mode going forward. Of course, Strong, you can always pull out, and he, he's already a main eventer. But, um, you know, I, I would love to really see even, even a food between the Briscoes and Strong and Elgin down the road. Exactly. What, do you, what are your feelings, Greg, on uh, Truth Martini as manager? Sure, it's it's odd because he's not you know, he he gets more of a focus than someone like Prince Nana, and I'm a huge fan of Prince Nana. I think he's grown in his role. Uh, I think he's not as annoying as he used to be, but I'm still not. I don't know. He just doesn't fit in 100% for me. I don't dislike him, but I just don't love him as a manager. That's, that's about what I would feel too. Yeah, I'm I'm a big Nana supporter. Um, I even I like Julius Smokes back in the day. Obviously, a very different role. I mean, he was more of a corner man than a manager. But truth is. Uh, I think I think Sweeney had a little bit of a hard time adjusting when he came into Ring of Honor back in the day too, and he ended up doing quite well. So, can only yeah, and he and, 
Sure. And yeah, and, and sort of you know finding your place and finding your way in the company. I think Sweeney did a much better job than than Truth Martini has, but they're giving him the opportunity. He's been there for a long time now, and and he continues to shine. But I, I see that, and it pains me when when I think you know they could be utilizing someone like Prince Nana a little bit better than they are, and Truth Martini, especially when when Strong held the belt and Martini was involved. So would like to see Nana accompanying a champion versus versus Truth Martini. The next matchup on the card, of course, Jimmy Jacobs uh, sort of embracing some of his past and, and getting away from the, the straight-laced positive Jimmy Jacobs that we've seen and going one-on-one with, with Kevin Steen in what should be your hardcore element of the night. Uh, what do you see out of this match? You think it's going to be all over the building? Uh, you think Kevin Steen and Jimmy Jacobs are going to go nuts as Jimmy Jacobs they've both done before in the company? I mean, I see a lot of blood coming out of this match. Uh, yeah, probably Jacobs. a lot of blood and a lot of unprotected chair shots to the head. Yeah, they'll be they'll be fine panning out by uh, Cornette. I'm sure on the TV show. I'm not sure. I'm a huge fan of bringing back the uh, five thousand dollar fines. I mean, it's indie wrestling promotion. It's it's a little unbelievable, but it's a storyline, so it's okay. Um, I like seeing busting out the uh, F5 now for his finisher since Cornette took away the pile driver. Right. So we should. I'm hoping we maybe see an innovative spot with that. Maybe uh, F5ing Jacobs through a table or something along those lines. Yeah, and it wouldn't surprise me if we see see the package pile driver or a tease of the package pile driver, whether it be Jimmy Jacobs or somebody else. And, and do you think there's going to be some Steve Carino involvement in this match? I think you have to have some Steve Carino involved in this match. Absolutely, yeah, I think- I, he'll be he'll be running in. At, it's interesting to see where they're going with this year because it's basically been going for I mean, Ever. going on fourteen, fifteen months now, so right. longer than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. But Kevin Steen, I, I think he's he's going to win this match and move on to bigger and better things, in, in my opinion. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, or if you think maybe there's a win in there for Jimmy Jacobs. No, I'm I'm definitely going Steen. I want to I want to see Steen pushed up higher, and I want to see him against Xavier Richards sooner rather than later. So I'm definitely feeling Kevin Steen going over here, and uh, possibly Jimmy Jacobs' swan song. Yeah, you never know. You know the way Ring of Honor books guys and brings them and doesn't keep them. For you just never know with with their their booking policy. So it is it is possible. Uh, and, and just to make it official, it sounded like we were both going with Strong and Elgin winning the prior tag team match. You know, we didn't officially say. Yes, I, I that would be my thoughts as well. Yeah. officially. Agree 100%. Next up on the card, the first of two title matches on the event is that, of course, the Ring of Honor World TV title. Uh, Jay Lethal, uh, the champion, defends against Tommaso Ciampa. Um, is this the token title change for a big event? Ciampa, of course, being undefeated, or is this the one he gets handed his first loss in Ring of Honor? What direction do you see this one moving in? I will be very disappointed if we see uh, Tommaso Ciampa get handed his first loss. He's very he's, he's ready to have that TV title run. Um, actually get a a belt around that stable's waist, which would be nice. And I, I, I see a lot of bright things in his future. A few between him and Michael Elgin could be a type of few. Obviously, somebody would have to turn face in there, but it's a feud that Ring of Honor hasn't really seen with two two big-built guys. You guys built like football players rather than uh, acrobats just facing off against each other. So I like Jay Lethal, but, and he had a phenomenal match this past weekend against uh, Davey on the TV show, but I like to see him move on to other things now. 
Yeah, I think Lethal is a tough competitor, and I think you're right. I think Shampo, this is his opportunity to wear that gold, and I'm excited to see a belt go finally going to the embassy. Like I said before, I love Prince Nana. Uh, R.D. Evans has been great. Uh, you know, Mia Yim, always great to look at. And uh, and, and really, the, the stable in general could, could grow, could be even better, but to have a champion in that stable is, is finally going to be good. And Tony, as I know you're, you're listening on, uh, have you seen the rumors about Jay Lethal possibly going to the WWE? I've heard a couple rumors, yeah. Um, you know, the, the way you guys talk about the card, it, it sounds really strong. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, just just to put a quick piece on it, I don't, it's, you know, like I said, it's not that I don't watch it because I don't like it. I simply don't have the time. But, I mean, Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie Haas have been an amazing team that I've seen for years. I wouldn't mind watching them. I, I wouldn't mind paying $10 just to see them. But the way you guys are building everything else up, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, Ring, Ring of Honor owes us some money then for the job that we're doing promoting their show. No, we, we happily <laughs> right. do it and, uh, and happily do it there. But, yeah, there have been some, some rumors. Um, and, and really it's funny because I heard the rumors a little bit, and then Jay Lethal kind of put out a, a, a non-discriminatory, non-committal Facebook post where he said, gee, there's a lot of rumors out there about me, and then didn't really address it beyond that. So, so I have no idea um, um, if so. And my hope is that – Tommaso Ciampa would be tapped to wear this championship regardless of, of Jay Lethal yeah. going to the WWE. And I, I have to say, for Lethal going to WWE, I'm a, li- I'm a little fearful with that news. I mean, consequence, consequences Creed, is Creed, his former tag partner, signed with WWE. It must have been about two years ago by this point, and he's still complete, competing down in Florida as Xavier Woods. So uh, I worry what they would actually do with Lethal once he got there. Yeah, and consequences Creed. I had you know before I was with Foreign Romania, um, and, and back right after WrestleMania 26 here in Arizona, I actually opened up my own site and ran it briefly until it was way too much work, and I stopped doing that. And I had a radio show, and he was one of the people that I actually was able to interview shortly after he left TNA. Great guy, and I nothing but success for him. I would love to see him on TV. But yeah, he's been down there for quite a long time. It was shortly after that that he signed with them, and then he's really been been in developmental for for quite a while. Yeah, and I've seen a few of his matches recently, and I mean, he, he's he looks about the same. I mean, his look is still about right. the same as it was with DNA, and his style. It looks like he's adapted to the WWE style. They just need to figure out something to do, and possibly. Yeah, they uh, you know, and I know right now it's, it's not just talent. They have to have a reason to bring you on TV now, so you just never know. You don't have anything for him. But uh, next match, and of course those who listened from the start of the program, you heard a little bit of the Briscoe brothers and, and their some of their promos they've put out recently. J.M. Mark Briscoe, uh, some ROH originals, uh, you know, day one, their big promo. They're taking on one of the more most exciting tag teams in the world in the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, who we were lucky enough to have on our show a couple months back. Um, and, and, and to me, I actually think this is this is a dark horse candidate for the match of the night. Um, and, and, and what do you think about the potential for what can happen uh, in the squared circle with these? four guys in the ring. This is going to be a phenomenal match. New York is going to be behind Briscoe, oh, the yeah. Briscoe brothers, like they're Hogan, basically. It's good. New York loves the Briscoes. And Which on the other hand, New York, when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> and then on the other hand, uh, New York hates the Bucks. And the Bucks are just, they they ooze the, uh, the natural charisma for being heels. It's exactly what they should be. It's what they, uh, they've been very successful with that in PWG. And uh, it's definitely carried over onto the Ring of Honor TV show uh, since they signed that deal as well. Oh, yeah, and they are under contract, and it's exciting to see. Um, you know, the Briscoes are just on fire 
right now. And their promo where they talked about how they were told by the WWE that they're not cosmetically pleasing was just an awesome promo the way they, they did that. Yep. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to see it. And and Tony, of course, being in California and where the Young Bucks have come up, in, in all your travels to the indie shows, have you had a chance to see the Young Bucks in person? Uh, yeah, actually, I haven't. I think my uh, my foray into the indies just never included them on the card, although I would love to see them. I mean, promo videos alone, they're, they're pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're funny guys. They don't hold back. They spent an hour with us on the program when they were on the show and totally threw off the show schedule, but it was more than worth it because they were they did not hold yeah, I remember back that. a bit. They talked everything about their backstage altercations in TNA, and it was it was outstanding. But, uh, yeah, I, I think this is probably going to steal the show, um, and, and, and it will be an amazing match. Probably a little spotty, but that's what the Bucks do, and honestly, I think it has its place on the card, and I think it's going to be outstanding. I do see the Briscoes. Walking out with the titles, although it wouldn't surprise you. you could. I think the Young Bucks could carry those belts and and could carry them well and be a great cha- set of champions. But I just think that uh, going into WrestleMania weekend, we're still going to see the Briscoes with those titles around their waist. What do you think, Chad? I agree with that. The Briscoes or uh, the Young Bucks have never lost in New York, but I think uh, all things must come to an end, and we're going to see the Briscoes go over for pretty much the same reasons you already stated, Greg. And uh, another promo video everyone should seek out is the uh, latest Briscoe Brothers promo, uh, Roses is Red. <laughs> I, I have not seen the video yet, but I, when I saw the name of it, just, just knowing that the name of it is Roses is Red just made me smile. Yeah. And I'm sure Tony, Tony as, as, as also a writer and, and, and somewhat of a, of a poet as well, not somewhat of a poet, he's a damn good one. Um, I'm sure it makes you smile when you hear Roses is Red. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> so seek that one out on YouTube when we're done. You'll have a great, great laugh, I'm sure. Uh, and it brings us to the main event. Uh, and, and we even you know, we had a, we're lucky enough to talk to Kyle O'Reilly about this match uh, with the World Heavyweight Champion, the World Champion in Ring of Honor, the Tournament Heavyweight, Davey Richards, teaming up with his protege and his partner, uh, Kyle O'Reilly, as they take on uh, their former respective partners. Uh, Eddie Edwards, uh, of course, teamed up with David Richards and the American Wolves. And Adam Cole, of course, teamed up with Kyle O'Reilly as Future Shock. And uh, and, and before we get to predictions, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about this, and, and I even wrote about it on 411. Is this a suitable main event, in your opinion, Chad, for the 10th anniversary show? Absolutely not. I feel this feud is not a uh, – it's not a feud that's been brewing for if, – if this would have been something along the lines of a blow-off or uh, – Steen and Carino being non-title, I'd be okay with it. But, I mean, the Davey-Edwards feud has had a slow build for, you know, about six to nine months now. O'Reilly and Cole just came out of nowhere. I I was upset to see them break up. Uh, I feel that the feud's been, it's been stagnant at best. It's been, it's been okay, but I do like the team of O'Reilly and Richards. But this is not something – Davey needs to start defending the title. His title defense – He's had nine defenses of the title. Only four of them have been in ring. Four or five of them have been in ring of honor. Right. So it's, just, it's not a. It's not becoming a very meaningful title reign for J.D. Richards, unfortunately. When some of that's ROH in general, I mean, the last few reigns have not been meaningful because they they space out their title defenses so much. And it, 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 I'm 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 in I'm in agreement with you. I love the match. I think it's going to be a great match, and I mm-hmm. think it's going to deliver big time. I don't like it on this show. Uh, I think that uh, it is a 10th anniversary show. That's a huge milestone for a company that many people said was dead before the fourth anniversary show and the fifth anniversary show. And, and so for them to be here and, and be at the 10th anniversary show with all the changes they've gone through, uh, it is kind of what they've done with their main event where they've gone with the competitive, and some people like to call it the MMA style, whatever you want to call it. It's going to be a hell of a match, but I really think oh, yeah. that – 
that world title should have been defended on the show, uh, in in my opinion. And it's funny when they announced Homicide for the card this week, and I'm thinking, you know, it's not the same Homicide like you said before. Um, but but you know, I, I honestly would have been more happy with Davy Richards defending against Homicide just for the fact that it's a 10th anniversary show, and and you got to talk about a guy who's been super important to the promotion for a good portion of its existence. I'd rather see a match like that than than this tag match that we're getting as the main event. I I would have been fine with that as long as it was not the main event. I think if you if you brought that on, I mean, obviously Homicide's been with the company since September. Um, but that would be a good match. I feel that Homicide could be motivated. They're in New York. He's competing the title. Um, if that happened, move them to the semi and then move the Briscoes up. Because the Briscoes, I mean, with the exception of like a year and a half hiatus after Mark's motorcycle injury, they've been with the company for all 10 years. And oh, yeah. I feel if anyone deserves to be in the main event, it is the Briscoes. Yeah, and so so I agree about that. Um, you know, and I do agree it's not, you know, to me it doesn't scream main event, but you know, it's matched on the card. It is going to be a great match and it's going to deliver big time. Hopefully it's not all about kicks to the head as a lot of Davey Richards matches have become, which is a little frustrating for me to see the ROH World Champion be all about kicks to the head. Uh, but but looking at this match on paper, I mean, do, do you think do you think there could be a surprise? Do you think there's more to this than we see in, in Ring of Honor setting this up for something else? Or is that just wishful thinking on my part? Um, I can't say from watching the TV show I've seen too much of a, uh, of a subtext of possibly a turn. I, I, as I said earlier, I want to see Davey go full heel. I feel it's absolutely necessary, especially uh, by the time he faces off the steam, he should be a full heel. So I don't, I don't know where exactly you can go with that. Otherwise, if you're going to have a uh, Edwards turn on Cole and form a super heel stable with O'Reilly, Edwards, and Richards, but I think that's overdoing it a little bit. Yeah, I agree. So where do you see this coming out? I mean, do you think it's something where where Edwards, you know, he gets one over on Richards, or maybe you get you get a sneaky pin from Adam Cole or something, or do you think it's just going to be, you know, one, you know, Richards or his protege going over in the end? I think I think we're going to see this as a transgression out of the Davy Edwards feud into uh, O'Reilly and Edwards. So I'm going to go with O'Reilly taking the pin on Edwards for this one. There you go. And actually, you know, there's been a, an underlying issue between Eddie Edwards and, and Kyle O'Reilly back to, to the head stomps on Kyle O'Reilly on, on the TV show. And I could definitely see that happening. I, I really think that Ring of Honor sees a lot in a guy like Adam Cole. Uh, for, for a guy his size, he's tremendously talented. And it wouldn't shock me to see him somehow get, get a little more heel and maybe sneaky, get a sneaky pin uh, and, and, and pull off that match. So I'll go in that direction, maybe even if it is just to be different. But uh, see Adam Cole pull off a sneaky pin and get the win for his team and maybe just further the dissension because honestly you got four faces in this match and and, and it's going to be interesting to see what the crowd does in this match and, and who they cheer for. The Ring of Honor crowd in New York City is a very smart crowd and do you think they might negatively react to this match just because it's this match on this card? I don't think they're going to negatively react to it but I expect to see them uh, be booing Eddie, or not booing Eddie, I'm sorry, be booing Davey and Kyle. I yeah, I agree. In this, Kyle Kyle is definitely the biggest heel of them, and he's I mean he's basically treading the waters. Um, but the crowd, the internet's grown very frustrated with Davy for the same reasons you have the head kicks. Uh, I've been a huge Davy supporter. I remember since uh, he debuted against Rave back in '06. Yep. He's just become very uh, very stagnant in his style, unfortunately. And I like to see him come a little more fresh. And like that would all go back to being a heel. And this could be the. Uh, could be the time, the uh, Austin WrestleMania 13 with the double switch. 
Yeah, I could definitely definitely see that. And it's funny because Davey was he was the golden boy for a long time, as have been so many people like Nigel and Tyler Black and then the fans turn on him. And Eddie Edwards has a special connection with that crowd in New York City. I mean the title win that he had that came out of nowhere and and, and people just love Eddie Edwards and, and I I'm on the Eddie Edwards train too. Big fan I'm of Eddie sure, Edwards. Yeah. And, and I do think you're right. I think they are going to treat Richards and O'Reilly like heels. And it'll be interesting to see how they treat it when they're in there, if they, they take it and run with it or, or what they do. So that is going to sew up this card. Uh, real quick, though, nine ninety nine, an amazing deal for a show of this caliber. And, uh, and, and Chad, just give us your you know buy, buy or no buy on this card for nine ninety nine on the Internet pay-per-view. If you're a wrestling fan, you're sitting there Sunday afternoon, 4 o'clock, and you have nothing to – there's no reason to not buy this card. This I mean, we went over this. There's not a match I'm not looking forward to. Even I'm even looking forward to the homicide, uh, the homicide match with, uh, with say, Bennett. Uh, Bennett. Yeah, to see uh, how the crowd's reacting and where that goes. I already placed I placed my order for pay per view a week ago when I decided that I wasn't going to be able to go to it live. So I definitely say buy on this. Yeah, I agree 100%. And and then, you know, 999 is probably worth just to see what Maria Canellis is going to be wearing when she accompanies Mike Bennett <laughs> to the ring cuz she's definitely uh, you know, fix her own stuff. She's done a great job with what she's worn out there in Ring of Honor so far. But yeah, you can't go wrong with this card and 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 these matches, even the matches that that may not have as much meaning to them, like Red and Perkins versus Strong and Elgin, it, it's going to deliver. And really, you know, if, if the worst match on the card is Homicide versus Mike Bennett, that match is going to be crazy for the crowd heat. And and you could yeah. see the crowning of a champion in the future in Tommaso Ciampa and just a lot of great stuff. You know, the Young Bucks, the Briscoes are going to kill it out there and, and just put on a great match. And yeah, yeah it, it, you could charge, you know, you could charge WWE prices for an event like this, and it's worth it. it it's it's worth the price to see because what you're going to see is is some just great in ring action, and, and and you're not gonna you can't go wrong with this event. And and Tony, as you hear this, like you said, you're you're you know ten bucks. You're not a person who watches Ring of Honor regularly. Is this a great way for someone who's not somebody who regularly watches a product to come in and, and check out the product? Um, I mean, you know, whenever you look at a card, if you get any more than three to four matches that look like a possibility of amazing, then I see why not. You know, especially considering how much we're paying for WWE pay-per-views nowadays, $10 isn't really much to, you know, toss aside. All you need is a little bit of time. Yeah, I mean, you're paying, you know, 45 bucks for for Jack Swagger versus Justin Gabriel, and you can't pay 10 <laughs> for this. That's just an insult to Ring of Honor and, and to the wrestling business because this is worth four times the amount that, that you're going to pay for it to watch it. So if you're listening and you're on the fence, dude, spend the $10. You, you will not be disappointed. And I'm not going to give you a money-back guarantee because people would be like, you owe me 10 bucks, but it, 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 you'd be lying because the show is going to deliver, and it's going to deliver big time. So good stuff there. I appreciate that. And one thing, one topic I did want to talk about with the 10th anniversary of Ring of Honor is looking back at the promotion and the history of the company. Uh, there, there's been a lot of talent that's come out of there and have done really great things. And of course, you've got the Briscoes who've been there since day one. And, and taking taking a look at the company and, and who's come out and who's in the wrestling business now, uh, who, in, in your mind, and we'll start with you, Chad, uh, the most important wrestler in, in the company's history. And I'll throw out some names, and you can go off this list if you want to or not. Um, but but I look at guys like CM Punk. Uh, Nigel McGuinness, Samoa Joe, Austin Aries, uh, and, and of course the Brian Danielson and the Briscoes. And, and out of that list, or maybe somebody on your own, who do you think over the past decade has really been the most important wrestler? Uh, and everybody has been a Ring of Honor. Who, who tops that list? I think all seven of those guys are phenomenal examples. Um, I feel as for me, when I came, I started watching Ring of Honor in 2003. 
and the talent that attracted me to it was hearing about this young kid named CM Punk. And I read, you know, reports on the internet and I, I just had to get my hands on some of his matches. And once I started watching, you know, I also discovered Joe and Nigel and all the guys we just said. So I feel that Punk, CM Punk made that his playground when he came in. He had that phenomenal feud with Raven, uh, then into the uh, disrespectful feud with Ricky Steamboat, which came full full circle, where he became the biggest baby face in the company, which eventually led to the infamous Summer of Punk, which still is my favorite time in the Ring of Honor. So I, I feel that between Punk and Joe are the two that you have to look at because also Joe was involved there with Punk. The two uh, Broadways that the two of them had are really what put Ring of Honor on the map. Smelter was giving them their props, and the internet was buzzing about them. That was the first time I remember really, really reading mainstream news sites covering Ring of Honor. So I'd go. I'd probably give the CM Punk. We had to pick just one. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. And it's funny because I started watching and in, in following Ring of Honor in 2005, uh, right when the summer of Punk started. I was reading about it, and Daniels was getting ready to come back, and, and it was just you know I, my first live show was 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 Fate of an Angel when Matt Hardy was there in Connecticut, and and uh, and of course Punk versus Gibson was was the main event, and really built their feud to where James Gibson was the one to win the title. And it's hard to go against CM Punk, especially where he is now. And of course, the promo he cut last summer when he mentioned Ring of Honor on the air, and it was different because before when Ring of Honor mentioned on the air, it was an indie, and now he's mentioning a corporately owned entity of Ring of Honor on the air, but it's still just just the name Ring of Honor. It still brings out that that sort of spirit of individuality, and maybe it's just you know people yearning for the good old days or whatever. But it's also hard for me to go against the Briscoes. I mean, they they wear the the company logo like a badge of honor, and and to hear those promos that they've cut, and and if you're listening to the show. And you don't watch a lot of Ring of Honor. Search for J.M. Mark Briscoe on YouTube, and you'll see some crazy ass promos. But but you can tell when Jay Briscoe is going off about being in the company from day one and, and being on the first show. And, and look, they're not cosmetically pleasing. They don't speak very well in terms of what you expect from a promo. But the emotion you can't match the emotion that those guys put out there. And so uh, if I had to pick just one, you'd probably have to go with CM Punk. But man, I mean, I, you know, I might take Nigel McGuinness off that list and, and just not no knock on Nigel just because of what everyone else has done, and, and the same thing with Austin Aries, but CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Samoa Joe, the Briscoes, I mean, that's a that's a Mount Rushmore right there for Ring of Honor. Absolutely. And so and, and so very good, very good history, and, and I know they, they want to build out with guys like Davey Richards and Eddie Edwards and Roger Strong, and I hope they can, and I hope they can recapture some of that magic, because it's really, it's what the world of wrestling needs, is a company like Ring of Honor out there to just continue to do what they're doing, and, and, and really, you know, you look at the WWE right now, WrestleMania, and, and your two title matches are featuring CM Punk and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. And, and so, you know, how can you go wrong? And, of course, Samoa Joe and Austin Aries both wearing gold right now in TNA. So it's, the influence of the company is there, and, and kudos to them for that. And hopefully it continues in the future. So so good stuff. And, and Chad, I, you know, thank you so much for joining us and, and coming in and providing that. Uh, it was last minute. You know, my co-host follows Ring of Honor, and so he was going to do it, but I knew that Tony uh, – I didn't want to put that on Tony to say, okay, in a couple hours – Get completely up on Ring of Honor, and uh, I know he appreciates it as well. So we appreciate you coming yeah. on. Definitely going to look forward to more opportunities to, to bring you on in the future, and, uh, and and glad that you have that experience and glad that you were a willing participant. So definitely appreciate it. And, and I know it doesn't even sound like we can promote anything for you at this point. It sounds like we kind of, you know, you, you got out. We tried to pull you back in a little bit. 
Yeah, that's a, that's about it. Uh, if anyone wants to follow me on Twitter, I'm usually watching all the live shows. Uh, CP Goat, G O A T. Um, it's about all I can promote, really. No problem, no problem at all. I appreciate you coming in and sharing it, and, and I know you know you haven't done the, the radio thing in a while, but I can definitely, uh, in all honesty, not just blowing smoke up your ass, but you definitely sound like you still have it. So appreciate you doing right. that, appreciate you doing it at the last minute, and, uh, and good stuff, and I hope the show delivers uh, like, like we said it would, and I hope you enjoy it, as I know I will as well. I will. I look forward to it. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, no problem. Anytime. Take yeah. it easy, and, and uh, you're always welcome back here, that's for sure, so I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And there we go. So that's the preview ring of honor, Tony. And uh definitely appreciate you chiming in. I know you don't follow it as as, as much as we do, but uh, you know, if you got nothing to do on Sunday, man, check it out. And it'll definitely be worth the uh worth the ten bucks. I give you the money back guarantee. I can pay one person ten dollars. <laughs> but I can't yeah. pay ten thousand people ten dollars. I think I have class on Sunday, but you know, my life I never know until the day of um, Tony is a straight up pimp. People need to realize this. Yeah. Tony Acero and and he, you know, it's it's I live vicariously through Tony sometimes and I won't tell you some of the stories that he and I have traded offline because it's just not fair and, and, and it probably get him in trouble and, and and who knows. I mean, my wife listens to the show on occasion, so I don't wanna go too far into there. And uh she's she's totally cool with Buggy, by the way. Just wanna put that out there. So, yeah. uh, and, and Tony, some of our listeners won't be old enough to remember this, but some will. Do you remember uh, on the show Friends when uh, when when they established their list, and of course that became famous. Everybody had a list, of course, yeah. being five famous people. If you ever met, and you had the opportunity to, to 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 get it on with you. You had the green light to do it. Yes, I do. <laughs> we were joking. So like, yeah, dude, I got a list in my back pocket. Well, we were joking one time about the show and and, and the buggy sound bites. And my wife, my wife just casually goes, "You should put a buggy on your list." Well, I mean, you better not turn that down. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful what you're waiting for, honey. No, I wouldn't, you know, don't want to to, to degrade Buggy in any way in that because I got a tremendous amount of respect for her. But, you know, it's funny. And and, and for anybody listening, I've actually gotten emails of people being like, how can you be a husband and say the stuff you say? It's all in good fun. Yeah, that's all. I never doubted that for a second. Buggy is such a lovable creature. She just, uh, she she beams uh, personality. And it's hard not to harness that, so. It is, and then I'll be honest, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, but like February of, of last year, of 2011, when someone was like, you should put this girl in your column, and I looked her up, and, and, and I didn't even have the wrestling Facebook. It was all my personal account and everything, and, and, I, and I found her, and I was like, well, she does seem to have it, and then I talked to her a little bit before I put it in the column, and she was like, yeah, this would be great, you know, and then she just blew up from there, and then, of course, the radio show happened, and we brought her on the first time, and she was talking about, you know, woman she was going to wrestle and she just can't wait to get her hands on this woman and, and people in the snake pit were going nuts over her and then yeah from then on it was it was official she she was there and, and, and I, she's not going to be held down you're going to see her on tv someday just because she has that you know you always hear about that it factor and, and she's got it you know tons of it and it's not something you can teach it's something that just you just naturally have or you don't and lucky enough for her she has it, and i'm sure she'll make it big someday with it yeah and, I and then of course then what i can't wait to see it yeah, and then I then my text messages won't get returned. <laughs> It'll be like, yeah. who's that guy? No, <laughs> then we won't what? Exactly. She'll be like, she'll be like, stop talking about me. Uh, they said he can't talk about me anymore. So, but I have a feeling she will be the kind of person that sneaks onto the show after she signs the contract, just to say hi and uh, yeah. and, and, and risk that. And so, you know, so be it. It's funny when WrestleMania was out here in Phoenix and Ring of Honor had their shows. Uh, seeing Daniel Bryan, Bryan Anderson sneak backstage to say hi to people was hilarious. 
Because <laughs> he would, he literally came in under like under a hood and and did not come in the front door. Whereas the young bucks under TNA contract walked right in the front door, said hi to everybody, and then went and worked for Dragon Gate USA across the street. So it right. was it was a pretty uh, pretty funny situation there. But uh, I want to take a minute and talk a little bit about TNA. Uh, TNA, as everybody knows, I cover TNA for for four one one Mania. I used to be one of two people. Covering TNA for 411 Mania, but that has ended uh, as, as person number two no longer writes for the website. Um, and, yes, and I try number to do... two is gone. <laughs> That's right. Who does number two work for? Not 411 Mania. <laughs> not but, yeah, who does number two volunteer for? It's not, it's not work. We don't get paid. But, uh, you know, and, and I cover TNA, and one thing that I always, I'm always straight up honest about TNA, and ever since the build to Bound for Glory, when I got excited about the event, I just decided I was going to cover TNA, and I was going to be honest about my coverage of TNA, and the opportunity came up for someone to start covering the to start covering Impact, and I didn't want to do it because of the time commitment and everything else. But I was like, screw it, I'm going to start covering TNA, and and Tony, you know, just really out of out of respect for me and what I do. Probably started reading the Impact Report just because I was doing it, and, and I appreciate it. But now it's actually started uh, watching some TNA. Right. Um, still, it was somewhat forced upon me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, with the new column that I started, there basically it's a, it's a free-form question and answer, like fact or fiction, just a little bit more um, themed, I guess you could say. And the first couple editions, I think the first two, people were asking me to include TNA in it. And of the three writers in the column, none of us watched TNA. I, I had no interest in it, nor did the other writers. But considering I'm the one that's posting it, it's my name on the on the byline. It's my you know personality that's in a lot of it. Um, I thought it was a disservice to the readers. I mean, regardless of you know our pay structure at 411mania.com, you know we do do it for for the love of the company, for the love of really wrestling, do. and for the readers. You know. Um, so if, if enough people ask for something and it's reasonable, then I'll do it. Now, you know, when 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 you when people approach me and say, you know, you should watch TNA, I'm not going to read. You need TNA questions. The last thing I want to do is fake the funk. I don't want to be the guy that says, oh yeah, it was a great show, and not even watch it. So I went uh, I went three weeks back. I was lucky enough to go back at the point that they were watching the show in London, um, which I mean, for whatever reason, the the cards. The, the action, the aura, and the wrestlers were all great. And it was oh, yeah. good. If, if you want to get back into the swing of things, you watch it there and just continue on. Um, of course, there's, you know, there's still some bad, but that's in every company. That's, you know, I mean, believe me, it's <laughs> it's everywhere. So, you know, you can't. <laughs> as the guy, as a guy who recaps NXT, he can tell you it's everywhere. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, and maybe that's helped a lot as well. Because, you know, I used, to, I used to dislike TNA. I've given it many, many chances to impress me. And to hold my interest, and it wasn't like a an ego thing. Like I'm sitting there saying, "All right, come on, show me what you got." No, I, I, I'm, I was open to it, and they just kept doing the stupidest shit. <laughs> so they did. I, oh, they did. Yeah, but more recently, it, it seems to be they seem to be on a track that is at at the very least entertaining. And the wrestling, the, these guys, they they put on some matches, you know, and the females too. You got to give it to them. You'll never see that in the WWE, at least not right now. 
No, I mean, they've had some cage. You can go back and in YouTube, you know, Mickey James and Tara wrestling in a cage several months ago last year on TNA was a, it was a hell of a match. And the finish was a Fez press off the top of the cage. And I know yeah. it's been done before, but it hasn't been done by women. And it was a hell of a move. And they hit it perfectly. And, and yeah, they, they go and they put them in the main event spot. And they've put women in the main event spot since then. And when was the last time the WWE put women in the main event spot on a show that wasn't really main evented by a promo? Well, they're considering taking the women off of WrestleMania completely. Exactly. So, I mean, there's the answer there. No, but you know what's funny is I actually did watch that match. There was so much hype about it, so much talk about it being the main event and it being awesome that I looked it up and I, you're right. It, it was it was great. And it's it's sad to say it's sad to see Mickey Mickey James and Gail Kim and and Tara, you know, Victoria. It's sad to see them in TNA kicking ass compared to their career in WWE where they were pretty much eye candy, if that. You know, and, and it makes me believe that the the new divas, and uh, Kelly Kelly, I know she's been around for a while, but I'm, I'm considering her new. It, it they, they can't wrestle because they're not given the time. I mean, every craft and every art needs some sort of practice, and that's what they're missing, and they want to they wonder why they're not entertaining, they're not, you know, pulling in ratings. It's because, I'm sorry, but, you know, similar to the issue on 411mania.com, if guys want porn, they're going to go look up porn. They they yep. don't want half-assed shit, and that's what they're getting, essentially, with WWE. You're putting Kelly Kelly out there because she's cute, but you're not because she's wrestling. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that a majority of fans wouldn't mind if she was actually able to wrestle a legitimate match and would much rather see Natalia and Beth, who are, you know, according to most people, not the most uh, prettiest. I think they're beautiful, but I'm just saying, in comparison... You know, they'd much rather see that at Mania than nothing else. Oh, yeah, or even Beth and Karma. I mean, you got a ready built-in match there, and there's so much they could do, and then to keep the, the women off the card. And who knows how that'll end up. I mean, last year the women were on the card, but it was Trish Tratus and Snooki, and then the champion was doing a promo with the Rocket backstage. So it, it just, you know, you just never know what they're going to do on the card. And just talk about making it the dark match or, the, you know, whatever you want to do. But but you're right. In TNA, the, the women are given the opportunity to shine. And, and there are times on Impact Wrestling where you'll see two women's matches and, and two knockout matches on the same show. For a show that only usually features five six matches at best, and they dedicate two of them to the knockouts division, I mean, that's a hell of an accomplishment. And then, uh, you know, you got Austin Aries just tearing it up as the X-Division champion, really bringing back a certain level of respect to that title and making it important again. And then, of course, you got Bobby Roode as as the world heavyweight champion, and, and a lot of people, you know, either love Bobby Roode or hate him. And what has your opinion been of Bobby Roode since you've been watching TNA? Well, my initial opinion was, who's this guy? You know, like... <laughs> Just because, you know, and, and I mean that positively. When he was talking, I'm like, okay, he's got, he's got that. He's got the the heel factor down. He's got the the essence of, you know, being a bad guy. And now let me see him wrestle. And then I saw him wrestle. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I mean, he's not setting the world on fire, but he's setting the TNA world on fire. He's definitely turned it around. I think he's a great uh, example of a, a heel champion. And um, I think he's getting it done. I think he's doing a, a great job in his role. And uh, you know, I, I think I wrote in the the triumvirate, the triumvirate that uh, my initial response to him facing Sting was like, oh, why are they going to give this young guy, relatively young, um, right. you know, Sting? Why, why, why? That doesn't make any sense to me. And keep in mind, I've only had three weeks of history beforehand. Um, you know, I thought it was just another rehash of feeding the the young one to the old veteran and it not making any sense. And then, and then it. it I got it. I looked back a little bit more. I read your your reasoning for it, and I mean that's the kind of booking that 
that you need to succeed. The long term, they're telling a story, and the story is going to take longer than a week. You know, I think it's great. I think it's it's booking 101, and I think WWE seems to have lost that essence of storytelling. Oh, yeah, and that's one thing that I, I need to give and credit to TNA. And then before I give TNA credit, look, it's not perfect whatsoever. The, the Bischoff family saga, it's, it blows completely, and I, and I can't stand to watch it. I could do without it. I, I don't like watching Eric Young and what he uh, – I know some people love and think it's hilarious. I don't see it at all, and I don't buy into it. And uh, and my big concern, I mean the tag team division, like like I love the Samoa Joe and Magnus pairing. I love the fact that they won the wild card tournament and actually became a legitimate team. They, they just beat you know Matt Morgan and Crimson. They beat him in a rematch. I have no idea what the hell they're going to do with them next because they have no right. – I think the number one contenders now are, are Eric Young and ODB and, uh, and possibly like like Gail Kim and Madison Rain who are feuding. So it, it's it's really hard to see what they're going to do with Samoa Joe and Magnus next, but I do love the pairing. Uh, but, but you know, the WWE has crap too. Let's, let's be honest. Not everything they do is perfect. I mean we just live through how long and still are living through – you know, Eve Torres, Zack Ryder, and, and John Cena until they succeed out of it. So it's not like WWE is perfect by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Um, but, and you know, the thing, uh, go ahead. Oh no, then you go go for it. Oh well, I was I was gonna basically kind of lead into the uh, the fact that um, I wrote one of the questions. One of the first questions we asked about TNA in the column is why not? You know, very simple question. Why aren't you watching? Right. And you know, an immediate an- immediate answer is I just don't have time. I don't have the time for it. You know, I'm busy on on Thursday nights. You know, but that's that's not good enough. At least I didn't think. I didn't think that was a good enough explanation for the readers because right. if it's wrestling and you're a fan, then you'll make time. You know, so why aren't you making time? And my answer, and and I I, I got some disagreements about this, and it sounds weird, but I think it's a psychological thing. I really do think that we as wrestling fans are conditioned to to watch WWE regardless of what they give us. I know that sounds West Kirkish, but take, take this without any bitterness or politics involved. Um, right. I, I, this is what we've been watching since we were young, you know? Oh, and yeah. It has grown along with us. We've followed these characters for a majority of our lives. So, of course, we're hooked to it way more than we would with new people or with new instances of what we would perceive as copycats, even though they're not. Yeah, and, and and for everything that the WWE does that that pisses us off, and for every you know John Cena versus Batista or whatever, they end up giving us you know CM Punk versus Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, and, and they give us you know an elevated guy like Dolph Ziggler and, and Cody Rhodes and, and things of that nature that really you know keep it keep it going for us, and they do tend to give the fans what they want. But TNA, the, the thing that that I want to give TNA credit for, and I don't think enough people see, is, is the biggest complaint I have about the WWE is is when they they look short term over long term, and then they pull yeah. something out short term because of a rating spike or a celebrity to bring in whatever. And TNA, the one thing I give them full credit for is they are not buying into anything for short term gain, and I think that's really throwing a lot of wrestling fans off. When when Robert Roode or Bobby Roode lost to Kurt Angle at Bound for Glory, everyone, myself included, completely dismissed the decision and thought it was horrible. And looking back now. You know, six months later, it was most definitely the right decision to make because now Bobby Roode is one of the best heel champions in all of wrestling. 
And and you look at a guy like Austin Aries, he's built a huge long reign and started before Bound for Glory and pretty much one of the longest reigning champions in all of wrestling. And 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 TNA, especially, you know, they, they booked James Storm versus Bobby Roode for lockdown already. And now he's facing Sting at Victor Road on the way there, Bobby Roode is. And and everything they're doing is, is for long term and, and we can't see something on impact wrestling and not immediately guess that they're gonna solve it in a month. And that's really what, you know, wrestling has become a sitcom. And a sitcom you gotta resolve everything in twenty two minutes. And in wrestling you gotta resolve it by the next pay per view. And and or at least do something specific by the next pay per view. And TNA's not doing that. They're booking for the long term. Yeah. And I mean as a as a writer and you know, outside of the column, I as a writer of, of many short stories, uh, you know, a novel, uh, uh, that means a whole lot to me. Like, I mean, they're they're telling a story inside and outside the ring. And to be able to, to be able to connect months worth of storytelling into one cohesive unit is is just huge. Now, true, sometimes it gets a little convoluted, you know, a little convoluted, such as Bischoff's little thing. But um, for the most part, they seem to be on the right track. So I, I, I'm I'm in it for the long haul. You know, let's see how long they can keep me here. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're in it for the long haul. I'm glad it's working for you, and, uh, and I really hope that the long-term gain approach works for TNA. And they did just change bookers, and, and, and Dave Lagana is now a uh, much bigger force, as Eric Bischoff's been tweeting about. And I'm excited to see. Uh, in fact, it, it's taken me a whole hell of a lot. And, and if you read the Impact Wrestling report, you know I'm not reading the spoilers on Impact Wrestling. I'm watching the show and watching the, the report as if it were live. And it's hard as hell for me right now, knowing that the writing has completely changed, for me to not read the reports. But I still have not read them, and I still am rolling spoiler-free on Impact Wrestling. But that really – it makes a huge difference. It makes a huge difference watching a wrestling show that may not be live and still not knowing what's going to happen. It makes a tremendous difference, and and so I think that that's something that might be holding TNA back as well. People read the spoilers, they immediately dismiss it, and sometimes it's just because it's TNA, and you referenced before, look, in the past, it was horrible. When Hogan and Bischoff first came in, and they were trying to you know push Orlando Jordan, and they were trying to push Val Venus as as a porn director now, uh, it was bad. It, it was brutal, and, and they you know the way they treated AJ Styles as the world champion was horrible. But they've really righted the ship, and I really think people need to to clean the slate a little bit because the company has, and and just give them a, a brand new set of attention and see what they do for you because I think. More often than not, I think people are going to like it and just give them a little more of what they deserve uh, because you're going to see some people doing some of their best work. Bully Ray is doing the best work of his career right now. Amazing. And, and so many people have no idea. To most wrestling fans, he's a Dudley boy. He's Devon, get the tables, uh, and that's it. And he's out there right now, and he's killing it. He's absolutely killing it to the point where if they put the, the, the world title on him as a, as a transitional champ or, or to build somebody else up, I wouldn't complain a bit. About it, and that's you know that that's Devon Dudley or they're, they're Bubba Ray Dudley. I mean, come on, but he is just delivering in a huge way. Yeah, you saw so. a glimpse of it in WWE. I mean, all of his work on the mic is amazing, but you saw you saw a glimpse his minute single run against uh, Triple H, where right. he was pretty much Santino'd. Um, you know, <laughs> the crowd was eating it up, and then oh you know, yeah, one, one pedigree later. Um, <laughs> but uh. No, yeah, I, I I definitely think that TNA is worth a second look. I'm not saying that it's it's trumping WWE in my mind, in my art, or just in in a viewer's you know mind, but it's it's definitely turned itself around. 
Um, I don't know if it just realized it, its mistakes or decided to go to an alternate, you know, direction. But it, whatever it is, it's working. Yeah, definitely. It, it's definitely changed, and we will have to see what kind of what happens in the future. Uh, I want to turn things around a little bit. And, and the report has just come out, and then as we tape this live on Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening, especially right now because we're in the overrun, so you're not listening on Tuesday night. Um, the raw rating is in, Tony. Okay. And, uh, and, and last week, Monday Night Raw did a 3.24 rating, and this week, Monday Night Raw did a 3.13. So the rating dropped from last week to this week uh, with the big, huge appearance by The Rock. So, so I mean, what do you, you know, when you hear that, I mean, what is, what is, what is that? What is your initial reaction to hearing that information? Um, my initial reaction is that is that the they've they've kind of messed up this whole Rock versus Cena thing, first of all. Secondly, they're seven years removed from when The Rock was important. I mean, as much as we love him, I, I love the guy. I think he's amazing. I've met him twice, and he's just so... Have you really? Like, yeah, yeah. He, he goes to a gym in Simi Valley, which is up north. It's where my friend lives. And uh, my friend goes to the same gym as The Rock does. Nice. He's there all the time. He, he goes... That alone is, is pretty cool. He goes to a gym where everybody else goes. He's not sequestered in a little corner... Right. Say hi to everybody. Like he's just he's really personable. Um, now that character is either old school to new fans, right. not in a good way. Just oh, he's just that's not the wrestler that I like, you know. Or or he's just not interesting, you know. And like Monday's Monday's promo just didn't it didn't ring the same bell that that he used to ring. He had the he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. It's so true. It really is. But you give someone a mic with enough personality and a crowd <clears throat> and talk about John Cena, who a majority of the crowd will dislike, you're gonna get the crowd support. You know? So I, I just think that I just think that the viewers weren't weren't all that excited about it and I I blame the booking of it all. You know, they they don't know they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and well, because it's a short-term fix. They brought in the Rock to pop a rating. That's what he did. But they don't have a plan. Their plan is they just send the Rock out there and, and and try to please the crowd. And you get what you ask for when you do that. And and you get a crowd pleasing. And it's almost like the Rock is better for the live crowd than he is for the TV crowd. In 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 that sense. And yeah, the ratings going down a little bit. I, I will say I'm surprised. I expected the return of the Rock to pop a rating. And it almost felt to me like like last night they were going for. What happened the first time The Rock came back in, in Anaheim when he was announced as the guest host for WrestleMania? And they obviously didn't get it whatsoever. And, and I do think it, it, you know, it might backfire, and, and John Cena might actually come out of this, you know, quote unquote, smelling like roses in the end. Um, and, and, and I encourage everyone to go back and watch not The Rock's promo, but when The Rock appeared backstage and he did the "You Can't See Me" wave and the stupid little fake pulling down the shade, the the, the what do you call it, the Windows Live or yeah, the Windows Live version of Pornhub. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, take a close listen because there was actually some resentment from the crowd, from the live yeah. crowd when, when he appeared even on at the, the Even at the end of his promo, there was a little there was a little bit of booze when he was stuttering yeah. over his words. Um, it, it's, it's there. They they don't. The guy's old in the fan, the eyes of the fans. You know, and the the you know you have to keep in mind we are a minority regardless right, of how yeah. we talk and write. We're we're not the voice. Of WWE. No, we're not. Not at all. So the, the voice of WWE, they don't know who this guy is, or they don't care. Um, you know, it's just not the the nostalgia is gone because he's been around for a year, and even though he hasn't been there for a year, his presence 
his name and mentions have been here. So there's no right. there's no um, there's no frailty to to the the feeling that you get when he appears. Well, and how many times do we hear John Cena say he comes back, he leaves? He comes back, he leaves. He doesn't care about you. How many times are the fans going to hear that before they're like, yeah, you know, the guy's right? And, and that's you know, and I feel like it's starting to happen. And then I even said it a couple of weeks ago on the show with, with Patrick and, and what's supposed to be wrong, maybe you're wrong. I almost think that we've been clamoring for the wrong guy to turn heel, and, and the best thing to do in this situation would be to turn the rock heel. And, and I know you know people said you can't do it, you can't pull it off. I disagree completely. I think the fans have shown that if The Rock comes out there and all he has to do is say Cena was right, and the fans are going to turn on him in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, there's there's many ways where the Rock is the Rock. He could turn heel if he wants to, bring out a guitar and have him diss the city, and he's done for. Um, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, definitely. It's happened before, and it could happen again. But that's not the route they're going. The route they're going, as of this point, the way I feel is they have no idea. They're just they think that they can Cena and Rock can handle this on their own and just go from there. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah, last night, if it was scripted, and I really do think it was the entire thing. I mean, it's on TV. It's got to be a work. So, right, I um, agree. That was a, it was an interesting move to get people to back Cena, but like I, like I said earlier, it didn't make me back him. It just made me clap. Like, okay, yep. where has this guy been the entire time? <laughs> yep, and I'm going to cut you off real quick, Tony, because we're literally going to get cut off right now. So I so say okay. thank you for coming on, and do appreciate it. Sure, it was fun.